Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold! Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zong! Welcome to Sylvan Golden Guy. I haven't been on in a couple weeks. This is a little weird. Um, Zom, thank you both, you and uh, Jake, for for picking up the slack last week. Um, yeah, whatever. I didn't listen to the show, so I don't know if it was any good or not. Garbage. Garbage. <laughs> the the movies did seem garbage as I was scanning through, putting the shit together. All the movies are good. It was bad. It was it was all Jake's fault. God, God damn I it. mean, every fucking bit of it. Oh well, it happens. But thank you guys for putting something together for us. Well, um, how are you, sir? Uh, it's been a couple weeks. Yeah, we've had, we've had Christmas. So this is our. I guess I should say this is our post Christmas. Was going to be pre Christmas episode. Uh, doing a couple of holiday. Classics this this time we're doing uh, one we were going to do last time Eyes Wide Shut uh-huh. from 1999 and Gremlins from 1984 so we'll get into that very soon now yeah. we can talk about what you've been up to how are you you've had a Christmas and work and shit well just um, too much Christmas not enough sleep uh, today I slept pretty good this morning and then i took about a two-hour nap right before the show so i'm bright-eyed and bushy-tailed uh went to the columbus of ohio to see the blue jackets play the flyers uh it was jake mclarge huge versus dr zom in hockey and i got beat then dr zom came to raleigh and beat yes the loaf canes. They're on the they're on the same kind of a deal with uh, the Blue Jackets. They win like every other game because the game before <laughs> against the Blue Jackets t- uh, two days before they came back and scored three goals in the third period and won the game, which crushed the McLarge huge. And in this game, they were lucky to score. They scored like two goals in just a couple of minutes in the second period, but then it wasn't. It, it, I wouldn't say it wasn't even close because they pulled their goalie at the end, so Columbus got a couple of shit goals at the end. Got to see a fight. Um, I'm trying to think what else we. F- there were some some videos taken that uh, are kind of, they're kind of under wraps. Uh, uh, I I saw them. The videos are quite humorous. I kind of did some karate in the hotel room what, at about three what, in the morning. Let me tell you the the thing that stuck with me the most. 
and I really hoped afterwards that you washed your hands. But when you were showing that the toilet was wiggly, yeah. you put your hands on the hotel toilet, like all around the seat. Yeah, and, I did. And I just uh, went in and I ate <laughs> fucking cheesy, big bag of cheesy popcorn. Went to uh, the <laughs> yeah. We went to the grocery store and we purchased uh, each two big bags of cheesy popcorn. I mean, I'm telling you, they were big bags. <laughs> and uh, we watched uh, Cruising and 8mm uh, that one night, which is pretty funny because we got to uh, mock Cruising the entire time through. Uh, did some karate katas, uh, did some screaming. Um, the hotel, it's become almost legend, or not legend, but I... I almost, not relish, but when I make these reservations for hotels online, I just sit there and think, okay, I wonder how bad, bad it's going to be. <laughs> and when I got there, uh, as soon as I walked in, because the, the plate where you, where you um, make the reservations, they'll have pictures and stuff, and it looked nice. And the other place looked nice last time, but it was a dump. So when I walked in the lobby of this place, I was like, holy shit, this is nice. It was all fucking hardwood floors, nice stairway with a hard, you know, wood, <laughs> oak wood stairway that was dressed, uh, decorated in Christmas stuff. But it smelled like they just buffed the floors, and it was really strong. I was like, what the fuck's that smell, you know? Took me to my room, uh, or, well, I went to my room, and... um well, first they said, well, I don't have your reservations. I'm like, Jesus Christ. But mine was, I think I only, there was only like two cars in the parking lot. And they found them. And it seems like every time I book through an online service kind of a deal, mm-hmm. this was through some kind of, it was like when you get on MapQuest and you put in the place you want to get, you want to go to, it'll say right. find a hotel in the area. It's like booking something.com. So they found it, took me to my room, old TV. So, you know, I was like, well, I brought my iPad and I was kind of hoping to hook it up to the TV because it showed on the pictures, new TVs. Well, it didn't matter because that old TV didn't even fucking work. Wouldn't turn on with the remote control, wouldn't turn on with the power button at the TV. Called down and I said, hey, this TV does not work. So she said, well, I can put you in the room right beside it if there's nobody in there. Now, all these rooms, I swear, I think on the second floor, every room was an adjoining room. And I always kind of feel weird about that. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can lock it, and it's got a deadbolt and everything, but I don't know. So they move me to that room. I go in there, new TV, flat screen. Uh, and I was like, cool, okay, flat screen. Mm-hmm. Um, no remote control. I looked everywhere before, because <laughs> I, I don't want to call down again. So I finally fucking got a hold of them. They said, well, we'll bring one up. You know, what kind of TV is it? Brought one up. And when the guy left, I looked. I had two beds, and I looked at the second bed, and you know they had it made up nice and everything, but there was like a hole in the sheet that was uh, the part of the sheet up by the top was exposed. <laughs> there was a hole like a, a little half square, and uh, like it, you know, I don't know what. And um, so anyway, but that didn't bother me because that wasn't. I wasn't going to sleep on that bed anyway. The carpet was really old. Had some stains on it, and it was really old, so I didn't want to get barefoot. <laughs> Got a hair fucking tickle my nose, and uh, then I think the shower curtain was—it was a cloth shower curtain, but it was kind of ragged Ooh. up around the top. Uh, no mildew, but it was kind of ragged. The toilet, uh, when you would lean to wipe your ass, was uh, 
it kind of came up <laughs> off the floor a little bit. The seat was askew. Uh, God damn it, what's this hair? Mm. Um, so then anyway, um, they got the TV, you know, brought the channel selector up and it worked. It's a remote control. I went over to the heat. You know, first get in a room, you know. <laughs> and I went over to the heater. And when I flipped the thing up to turn it on, because I was going to take a nap, so I wanted to turn the fan on. It was on like 90-something, which was as high as it would go. And I thought, well, God, why would somebody have this on 90? So I put it down to like 75 or something. Well, guess what? The people that were there before must have known the same thing that I found out. The heat didn't fucking work. Uh, <laughs> um, and I'm thinking, oh, my God. You know what? <laughs> I, I hate calling back down there again. Well, luckily, it wasn't real cold out that weekend. It was like 50-some degrees, and it was just rained. It poured the entire time we were there, I think. Um so, and when Jake checked in, he um, was in Did he the. Stay in your room. He was in the room right below me. Oh. He said he he said he. Uh, I asked him. I said, "Well, I got two beds. If you want to just stay with me," and he apparently snores so loud and has like sleep apnea or something. He goes, "No, you guys believe me. You don't want to." Well, the goddamn place is only thirty some dollars a night. Thirty seven dollars. Oh, so yeah. It was a cheapie. Um. Then, when I got there, I panicked because my phone fucking wouldn't work. And I thought, how the fuck am I going to get a hold of Jake? How am I going to do this? And I'm talking to you, and I'm like, this phone doesn't work. And um, It was weird. I don't know what was going on. That It was really super-duper overcast. It poured down the rain. Um, I thought, well, maybe it's just in the hotel. Maybe I'm in the dead zone. So I just got in the car, and I drove to like Giant Eagle, which was right beside of it. And as I was driving over there, um, I saw a girl walking across the parking lot just talking on a cell phone. And when Jake showed up, his cell phone worked. And I'm like, what the fuck's up with the cell phone? Well, when I got to the next morning, I woke up fairly early because my schedule being so fucked up. And um, I was going to get on Google and just check and see, you know, what if, what, you know, what happens, what can cause service not to work in a and as soon as I picked up the fucking phone, it had all the bars, and it worked fine. So I don't know what the fuck was going on. Um, but we had a good time. We got lost in the parking garage, which was a Seinfeld-esque moment. We both <laughs> were pretty out of breath because uh, we walked up and down the steps. We took the elevator a few times, but, I mean, this parking garage must have been fucking huge because I specifically looked at the wall, and I said, we're on level six, and I remembered saying that. But when we went to level six, there was about, I don't know, 10 level sixes, A through <laughs> uh, H or G or something. Does Columbus have any other sports teams? Um, I mean, is this parking garage only for the Blue Jackets? No, it's just it's right in the middle of downtown. Oh. So, I mean, it's really nice, and the, and the parking garage is right across the street. But when we went out of the parking garage well when we went in the parking garage we went in a different way than what we came out of it so okay. that's how we figured it out i said let's just go back down to the fucking street let's walk around until we see the sta- the stairway that we came out of and when we walked up that we went right up to the sixth floor and the car and it wasn't hard to spot because every other fucking car i think in the parking garage was gone by the time we found ours and there was some <laughs> girl sitting there crying 
you know, no. what the fuck was going on with that? I didn't even see her because I was just like, let's just get in the car and go. And Jake goes, hey, there was some girl back there crying. She was sitting like inside the parking garage right by the steps, the, the door to the steps. Maybe and she were, couldn't find her car. Yeah, there were two people like <laughs> consoling her and then they finally walked away. And when we drove by, I looked over and she was just sitting there crying. I was like, yeah, so we should. she was kind of cute. Mm. I'd give her something to cry about. But it was a good time. We had fun. And we got to watch some movies, which I will talk about. Not too much going on with me. I've been, it's retail holiday. So yeah, you're working fuck, a lot. Fuck my life. Yeah. Um, we, we got to go home. That was where the, where the scheduling has been a little, little off with us. The reason we've had some weird recording times and stuff is, it's uh, your fault. Yeah, well, the, the the Columbus one was yours, but uh, the weekend before we had to record very early. We did that with with uh, El Goro because that was when we were going home for our holiday. Since it's hard to fucking get off on right around Christmas doing yeah. what we do, um, we had to go home a week early or ten days early, and we went to visit the the in laws. You celebrated Hanukkah. We celebrated Hanukkah, yeah, but the. Um, you know, it was a pretty uneventful trip home. It was it was all right. We didn't do a lot. We went and drove around and watched. Looked at the, every year in near Winston Salem. There's this there's this big park and that does like a festival of lights thing where you drive through the whole yeah. park and golf course and shit and look at lights. And not much has changed since I went when I was like 14. Although when I went without when I was fourteen, there was a uh, my aunt at the time had this really really hot Spanish exchange student living with her that yeah. was with us too. Like and you were like long duck dong. <sighs> yeah, and uh, well, I was I was awkward in fourteen. Well, maybe she, was, she would be long duck dong if she was a foreign exchange student. Except that she wasn't coming on to me at all. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't like Asian. And she was sixteen and. Uh, and super hot, and yeah. Uh, never works out the way it does in the movies. If it did, no. it would be like Brazzers. You'd be like fucking her, and she'd be like all sweaty, and you'd have like almost your entire, like four fingers in her mouth, all like touching the back of her throat <laughs> while you were fucking her in the butt. It would be, it, it's fun. It'd be, uh, yeah, that would be fun, actually. <laughs> um, I don't remember what ever happened to her. I don't remember her name. Did you have any. We have to talk about this, and I, and I don't know if you had anything like this, but it seems like that's a big Christmas thing. Did you have any family incidents like uh, av- of assholery or weirdness or anything like that? Not really. Yeah. We uh, we we didn't do a huge family thing. Like it was only Jane's parents, and then my parents and my brother. Mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't even really a Christmas thing. We just ate and stuff, and everybody was pretty quiet. My my uh, my dad has started feeding deer for some reason oh so it's so every day he's trained these deer now that that live around my parents live out in the middle of nowhere but like he's fed them he he buys this like dried corn and every day he goes out and sprinkles corn in certain areas of the yard and now the deer are coming at like four o'clock when it's just when it starts and the sun starts to move down these deer just come and there's like nine or ten of them that go Mm. in the yard and just eat and shit everywhere (laughs) he's probably like i wish my son was a deer he relates better to animals they're so they have nice white butts they're clean looking they don't talk they're not gay (laughs) that's pretty not gay at all 
Uh. Um, and uh, <laughs> they have a big like mic lab mix or whatever. And uh, just to see what would happen, we let that dog, their dog, out and, and our tiny. Uh, miniature poodle out and my poodle tried to fucking kill the dog and chased it everywhere it could not get away fast enough and my dog was just showing his teeth and nice. oh he's a little asshole <laughs> but uh, other, yeah there you go there, there's our asshole family member asshole and dog so to punish him we bought him a, uh, a green elf costume and made him wear that all weekend uh-huh. no wonder he's mean <laughs> he's like you motherfucker um uh, I just kind of uh, my niece informed me okay we did the christmas story uh christmas eve was like the movie christmas story went to the chinese uh buffet Mm -hmm. and um but my dad stayed at home and and, you know because he's antisocial uh or stayed at my sister's house and so we went there and my niece informed me because when we were standing at the buffet she was beside me and i said Oh, do you are you uh, self conscious about eating in front of your boyfriend? Because he was there. It was just her, her boyfriend, my sister, my mom, and me. And uh, she goes, "No, nah. she goes, I don't care." She said, "I even fart in front of him and and pop his zits." Ugh. And that's pretty gross. So I I didn't lose my appetite because that ain't gonna happen unless I got the flu. Um, <laughs> but then um, my dad told me I was fat as the first time he saw me, which was kind of... <laughs> it didn't... I actually didn't get anything like that yeah. this time. I don't well, know Well, I mean, this didn't even... It didn't really affect me, but then after the fact, like, like it's a couple days later, I'm sitting there thinking, God, you know, there's something, like, wrong with somebody who just can't come up and say, hey, Merry Christmas. You know, he just walked over and he looked, looked me up and down and then said, boy, you're getting fat, aren't you? And then he said, how much you weigh now? About 275? And I'm like, God, what's wrong with you? And then pretty much all the guys, except Daffy Duck, uh, which is, I won't even say who that is, but it's a family member who, as soon as he starts talking, you might as well just shut the fuck up and just go to something else. (laughs) Um, We sat in the dining room, and then I I got up and walked in the other room, and like my one brother-in-law was asleep. Uh, on the in the recliner or on the couch, my uh, nephew was asleep on the couch. My dad was upstairs asleep. My other brother-in-law was upstairs asleep. Like everybody went to sleep, and so about <laughs> after a couple hours, I was like, "Well, I gotta go to work. I'm gonna go home and go to sleep." But it wasn't it wasn't bad. It was a it was a big buildup because I just dreaded going and I didn't yeah, want to yeah. go. But you know, like you said, it's not even as much a Christmas thing now. It's just like we all just get together because. Uh, I don't know. Once the older you get, it just starts. It's either this. It's basically the same thing every year. You don't yeah. do anything different, and it's just kind of like, okay, let's get together because we're supposed to. Yeah, yeah. We didn't even exchange gifts this time. So well, I got some gifts. I got uh, uh, oh, and my nephew wanted a rest. My mom sent me an email and said that my nephew wanted a WWE wrestling belt. Nice. Well, she goes, and I don't know anything about that. I don't know where to get it or anything. And so I said, well, I'll get it. And I, I, that was my gift to him. But then I came to find out later on, after I bought it, they have, they had, of course, different kinds. They had a real super cheap, like maybe $10, 20 bucks. Yeah. The high-end one was 354 bucks, And I was like, well, I'm not getting that one. But it was the next one down. It was like 154 
Hmm. And so I got in that one, and it looks like the Ric Flair belt, the one. Oh, nice. I don't know if it's the one Cena has now, or because I don't watch they, it. Well, they they unified it yeah. last at the last pay per view, so Randy Orton has both of them now. I don't know if they're going to make one belt or yeah. whatever, maybe by WrestleMania or something. But I think they're heading back in that direction, which is kind of cool. Which yeah. I guess hopefully they make like the fucking U.S. title and the Intercontinental well, they title. Need to meet do that. The again. only reason that they split them up was because they had the two. They wanted the two to shows, brand yeah. it, and then they, you know, but well, then they, well, they unified it and then split it up again, because because uh, remember Chris Jericho, Jericho was, was the first unified. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well, when we went to the Chinese buffet, my mom informed me that my brother-in-law and sister do not approve of him watching wrestling, and don't <laughs> want him to watch it, and so I sent it to my mom and dad's house. Uh-huh. And that I was kind of like, you know, because that's how my dad was. And I thought, God, you know, if the kid likes this, who gives a shit? Uh, because, you know, like I said, my dad, he would forbid me from watching wrestling. And, of course, then I would sneak it. Or we'd be outside, like, cutting firewood because you'd always have a project or go hunting, which I didn't want to do. So I would take a tape recorder and put it in front of the TV and hit record uh, if we were outside doing something, and then I would go in and listen to the show. But so anyway, she said he loved it, and you know he told me he said, "Oh my god!" And then I asked him, I said, "Who's your favorite wrestler?" And I just knew it was going to be somebody that I hated. He likes John Cena. He's like he's oh, my favorite, and I'm like I hate fucking John. I don't hate him. Well, I hate, I don't like him. Well, I'll tell you what I like about John Cena is that he does the make a wish thing all the time, yeah. which is kind of cool. Like he he. By of any celebrity I've heard, he does more make a wish wishes than anybody else. So I'd like to He's, make a wish. Was that? I'd like to make a wish. <laughs> What's your wish? I don't know, but I mean, you know, I'd come up with something. I, I'm like uh, on the Brady Bunch one time. They acted like I think Bobby or Peter was dying, and they contacted the New York Jets, and this was when Joe Namath still played for them. And he was like the biggest thing on the planet. I mean, he's he transcended sports, and he was Broadway Joe. And Broadway Joe actually showed up on the goddamn Brady Bunch to see, I think, Bobby or Peter. It was before Make-A-Wish, but he thought he was dying, and they fucking faked it all. That's kind of bullshit. If I was Broadway Joe, I'd have fucking stomped his face in. <laughs> anyway, he should have fucked Marsha. He should have fucked the mom. <laughs> yeah, Marsha would have been too young at They're that like time. Like a Brazzers thing. With four fingers in the well, middle. We were talking about last night um, about that's why the Brazzers thing keeps coming up about like when people would have like a picture of the Pope or Obama or something and down in the little corner they'd put the Brazzers little uh, emblem in the corner of the picture. Um, but we were talking about that and... Uh, I was relating to some friends of mine about how you hate the sound. (laughs) And so um, I said, can you imagine if you were at home when you were living at home and you were in like middle school or high school and you heard that sound coming out of your mom and dad's bedroom? (laughs) And you're like, what what was going on? Oh, your mom was sick. Maybe that's why I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) What have you been watching this week? (laughs) Let's get into that. Besides Brazzers porn. Brazzers. I never, I don't think, I just see those little clips off to the side. You know, they just, they just like, it's like a gif and it runs over and over. But I don't know if I've ever seen it. I'm sure I've seen a Brazzers clip before on like one of those like red tube. They look pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. Okay. Well, we did watch uh, cruising an eight millimeter. I don't, we did a sleaze fest in the hotel room. Uh, <laughs> Jake didn't get there until like seven thirty, and then we went out to eat. And um, it was funny because when we went out to eat, it was a place. I guess it's kind of like a suburb of Columbus called Hilliard. Man, mm-hmm. it was nice. Um, like uh, this, it's like a city street deal that was all lit up with white Christmas lights, but uh, upscale. Yeah. And uh, there's shops and restaurants and stuff all the way down, and you just uh, sidewalks. You just walk, you know, up and down. And we were going to go to this place to eat, this pub. And we're standing at the crosswalk, and Jake looked over, and he goes, "Oh my God, there's Jay and Chris, these guys from Horrorhound, and they're the ones that when we went the one year." And the Freilix had a, like a house party deal. Uh-huh. Uh, Bryn and I got a ride from these guys to, uh, back to the hotel. Okay. And we didn't even know the guys, but they were just like, "Well, we're 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 getting out of here," and we were like, "Well, you know, could you give us a ride?" And they were like, "Yeah." Well, I thought this was in Indianapolis, so I assumed they're from Indianapolis. From and when we were talking, they uh, um, they were like, "No, we're not from there." We didn't even we we were worried that we could find our hotel. And they were trying to find the hotel that we were staying at. And I was like, holy shit, I thought you guys were from there. Well, they just recently moved from Cincinnati to Columbus. We just They were right across <laughs> the street from us. And Jake's like, hey! So we went out to eat with them um, to the same place. But they were like, hey, do you, do you care if we can? You know, we'd hang out. So we had a nice uh, converse, liberal uh, pinko conversation. And nice. we talked about lots of stuff like that. Duck Dynasty and all that crap. Um, let's see. Um, but, uh, I watched a lot of, or not a lot of sleazy stuff, but you know, when you talk about cruising and then eight millimeter, and then I flipped around and watched hardcore with George C. Scott, shut it off, shut it off, (laughs) and season Hubley, who I think when I was a 12 year old boy, I had bigger boobs than she did. And I was, you talked about, you talked about that one on the show last week. You'd. Yeah, you talked about hardcore because I remember you talking about season Hubley's boobs. Yeah, I must have fucking talked about it. it was it, that was that other show? That wasn't even a Sylvan Gold show. It was kind of like <laughs> Sylvan Gold Light or something. Anyway, <laughs> um, I watched uh, Jake and I went to see Out of the Furnace with uh, Christian Bale, Woody Harrelson, Willem Dafoe, Sam Shepard, Case Casey Affleck is all like this. Case Case Mumbles. <laughs> Um, but the the highlight of that, other than you know Woody Harrelson is the fucking biggest piece of shit on the planet Earth in this movie, um, is that it was one of those theaters which I'd never been to. When we walked in, they had a full bar, uh, nice bar, um, and then when you went into the theater, instead of having like the theater seats, they were like big. Um, like desk chairs, but they were all padded on wheels, mm-hmm. and you had a little button you hit, and the waiter came out. They brought you a menu, and you could order food and sit there and eat. So that was cool. Uh, the movie was pretty good. It wasn't great, but it was good. And it was um, – we were wondering where it was shot, and mm-hmm. the I think Christian Bale said something about, I've never been east of Scranton. And as soon as I saw the steel mills, I knew it was somewhere in PA because I live really close to – PA and I said, well, it looks, it almost looks like Weirton, West Virginia, or somewhere up around Pittsburgh or something like that. Well, I did hear it was shot, I think, up around Pittsburgh, and there was one part of it, a prison scene, 
that was shot in Moundsville, which is West Virginia. They have a, a the old state prisons up there, and it's closed now. And they give like tours, so you know it's probably ideal for them to have like scenes in a prison. Uh, but it was it was all right. Um, we we had a choice a choice of seeing that and um, American Hustle, and we decided to go see that one. And it was okay. Um, also in the Hotel. I watched uh, Shadow Dancer with Clive Owen. Uh, I like me some Clive. Clive. It was all. It was. It was okay. It was. Uh, first of all, it was an I, uh, IRA movie, uh, and Clive is a cop, and um, Andrea or on yeah Andrea Risenborough uh, and Gillian Anderson are in it. But I had a fucking hard ass time understanding some of the fucking Irish people because their Irish lilt was very thick. Uh, but it was it was just okay. It wasn't anything worth uh, writing home about. It was that's a 2012 movie. Uh, I didn't realize it was that new. Hmm. Um, but it was all right. It was worth a watch. Uh, Jake turned me on to a movie. We were driving. He goes, "I got a movie for you to watch. You need to watch it." And it was Sensei Gay. <laughs> uh, no, but it's uh, the American title is New World, and it's 2013. Oh, you I want to see this. Uh, I need to, this is a this is a cram lister. I would put that at the top of the cram list right now. This was probably one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. Okay, it's man, it's good. It yeah, it's up a, there. I, I need to I need to do it. I I, I I I was really fucking slow on movies, but I finally got back into cram a little bit this week. So hopefully, I'm gonna get back to this. The uh, it's the guy that uh, wrote. It's the same guy that wrote. I saw the devil, by the yeah, way. And the wrote. the uh, lead, the head cop or the main cop, and it is the villain from I saw the devil. Okay, which I still need to see. Also, oh, I saw the devil. You never seen that? No, I never watched Fuck. that. Oh my god, watch both of them back to back. They're fucking awesome. Okay. Um, I finally watched. Uh, I keep wanting to say this was a Cohen Brothers movie. It's not a Cohen Brothers movie. Uh, Ethan Cohen uh, was one of the writers of it, and it shows totally. But it's the movie The Naked Man from 1998 huh. uh, with Michael Rappaport. It is a wrestling movie, sort of. Oh, uh, he is a chiropractor and a professional wrestler, and uh, you know the um, anatomy like uh, posters or statues where you can see like all the veins and yeah, yeah, yeah. organs. Well, that's what his wrestling outfit looks like, except he has a fig leaf on his cock, like Slim Goodbody. Remember that show on PBS? Yeah. Well, uh, it's fucking quirky as shit. It is definitely worth a watch, Jake. Um, I don't know. If, I don't wouldn't say he tapped out, but he said he doesn't really like Cohen <laughs> Brothers movies because oh, Jake's of, not allowed to be on the show anymore. Yeah, he's kind of odd. Uh, <laughs> he, um, <laughs> I thought it was fucking funny, and it's there's no triangle choke holds in Cohen Brothers movies. He doesn't like that, oh, dude. This was this was quirky, and I was laughing. <laughs> it had some fucking funny characters in it. Um, oh, and it had Rachel Lee Cook in it, and man, she's a cutie. Uh, 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 I watched. Uh, well, of course, eight millimeter with machine. Kill them all, machine. Uh, mich- kill them, machine. Kill them all. Uh, Stormar was fucking awesome in this. He's so sleazy. Um, <laughs> and then there were lots of people that would pinch their nipples while they were talking to Nicolas Cage, like they would be like S and M people. Uh, hmm, James Gandolfini was really super ultra scummy. 
God, I love him. Yeah, Catherine Keener was pretty, you know, she was actually pretty in this. <laughs> Usually she's just kind of like, eh, Catherine Keener, she's a good actress, but she never, but she plays Cage's wife. Um, I watched All is Bright from 2013. This is rated an rated R movie directed by Phil Morrison, starring Paul Giamatti and Paul Rudd. And uh, it's a Christmas movie. Uh, it has a lot of Canadian flavor because they are Canadian, and it, they bring is it out. Cram, is it is it cram worthy? I'll tell you what, it was way better than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was okay. going to be a sappy, silly, or just a you know shit uh, Christmas movie. It was actually pretty good. I like Giamatti, so yeah. Um, but it you know, a couple of uh, knuckle heads that uh, bring Christmas trees down to New York and try and sell them. I'll just okay. have set up a stand and sell them on the street, but it's it's it was way better than I thought. But I mean, it wasn't great, but it was it was way better than I thought. Cool. I watched Prisoners from 2013 again with Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal. I know uh, I need to see that. It's really good. And the second time I watched it, I picked up on a lot of stuff that I missed. As far uh, I don't want to say anything, but I mean I watched it uh, and I was like, oh my god, okay, now I understand. First time I watched it, I got a little bit uh, not lost, but I don't know. I almost blind bought it. If it goes down in price on iTunes, I'll probably buy it. I thought Jill and Hall was just fucking excellent, and there was a couple times where I'm telling you, I watched it with my friend Brian, and mm-hmm. he was kind of getting uh, dusty eyed, and so was I. It almost <laughs> like choked up. It's a very tough subject matter. Huh. Um, I watched Kick-Ass 2 from 2013. Nice. Uh, it's okay. It's, uh, I, I supplemented it with Kick-Ass to prove to myself and to my other friend, or my friend Brian had not seen Kick-Ass. And okay. we watched Kick-Ass 2, and I said, you never seen the first one? And so I got that when we watched it the next day. The first one is way better. It's just okay. uh, way more violent. Uh, Hit Girl... Uh, she's grown up in the, or not fully grown up. She's like 15, but in the first one, she was like probably nine. Yeah, yeah. And the novelty of it was she was nine, but it was an R rated fucking movie, and she's calling people cunts as a nine year old kid. And she's slaughtering people, I mean, with this, these blades and like cutting their arms, stabbing them, and just killing everybody. Well, in this one, eh, it was just. How's Jim Carrey in it? Jim Carrey. Yeah. It was okay, but it wasn't nothing great. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's oh, worth a watch, but it, the first one was way better. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one was more disturbing and offensive. Um, <laughs> let's see. And uh, Cage in that one was fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, I watched uh, 2013's The Family, directed by Luc Besson and written by Luc Besson. Nice. With Robert De Niro and Michelle Pfeiffer. 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 This wasn't that bad. I mean, I think it tanked at the uh, box office, maybe. Mm-hmm. But it was uh, it wasn't bad. It was okay. It wasn't great, but I mean, it was a solid. Uh, I don't want to rate it, but I mean, it was all right. Um, very violent. Very violent. That's another rated R one. Uh, I watched Ninja: Shadow of a Tear. Ooh. New World is on Netflix Instant. Yeah, that's where I, wa- I watched it on uh, uh, the hotel. Ninja, uh, Ninja Shadow of a Tear from 2013. Another oh, is that the new Scott Adkins one? Yes, which should is be it good? called also Ninja 2. It's good. 
It's an Isaac Florentine directed movie, which you know nice. usually he's Sammy doesn't like him. I don't think, but I like Isaac Florentine. Um, uh, I'm not sure. I can't remember what it is. That Sammy doesn't like something about the way he shoots action, like the way he does, like the slow down. Yeah, speed up. they do that. But I like um, the one thing about Scott Adkins is when they're doing the fight scenes, is you see the impact, like dust, like when he flips somebody and they land on the mm-hmm. ground. The sound effect and the dust flying up, or when he kicks somebody in the chest, it's just like oh, I love that. That people are f- so fucking dusty in those. Movies. Yeah, it sounds like you're fucking like you know. It just like you can just feel the person, the wind leaving their body. Um, I don't know if it was something you posted or what, but like something about this movie, like the way this performs when it's on video, is going to determine if they can do the next the is, Boyka, the, yeah. the new Boyka movie. That's Did you post said. something about that? Yeah. That's okay. what the, the, the article said, but, you know, shit. They'll, they'll do a fucking Undisputed movie. Fuck yeah! Um, Scott Adkins, of course, this has, you know, just action, action, action. But when he is doing the, uh, you know, the dialogue, his his voice is kind of like this, and, you know, it's a... Uh, Does he, has he ever done a, like, a, he's British, has he ever... Sp- talked in a british accent in any of his movies i think so i think i've seen him play a heel in movies and he did but i don't remember fuck who knows um i watched uh red riding uh 1974 the first Mm -hmm. of the red riding trilogy uh it's you know still good just check that one and i watched a robert aldridge movie uh i think it was the last movie he directed and he's the one that also directed uh Oh fuck! Like I think like Dirty Dozen and uh, mm-hmm. Longest Yard, and it was called Hustle with uh, Burt Reynolds and Catherine Deneuve and Paul Winfield, and um, it's Burt is pretty good in it. He does almost almost one time does the Burt Reynolds laugh, but he doesn't do it. <laughs> he starts to do it, and they, and it's but it's not like you know in the Smoking the Bandit movie, like ha ha ha. <laughs> but in this one, he kind of just does it under his breath, just a little bit. But this is pre-mustache. He plays yes. a cop. It's very um, the 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 uh, I guess the gimmick of it is that Bert is a cop, and his girlfriend is Catherine Deneuve, but she is a is a like high class prostitute. Yeah, 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 and so they have agreed. You know, hey, you have your life, I have my life, or you, you know, what you do, and I have what I do. And but then, as the movie goes along, you know, he starts kind of. It just starts wearing on him. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll walk in and she'll be having phone sex with some dude or whatever. <laughs> but then there's uh, Eddie Albert is in it, and he's a real sleaze bag. Uh, Catherine Bach, the. Uh, Daisy Duke is in it. Daisy Duke. Uh, And she's really young, and she plays a prostitute slash porn star. And you get to see her in bra and panties and a garter belt. She's got a fine fucking rockin' body. Rockin'. Uh, It has pretty good cast, and Ernest Borgnine's in it. It tries really hard to be sleazy, and it is. And it almost is like, but not uh, like hardcore or cruising sleazy. Yeah. They say a lot of stuff that is like, you're like, God. And Ernest Borgnine says something one time, and they all just kind of laugh. And I was like, well, that wasn't really that funny. It was kind of, I can't believe you would say something like that to somebody about their girlfriend. And they're just like laughing. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of inappropriate, especially since he's your boss. But anyway, it was all right. It's not a great one, but it's worth a watch. And that's all I got. Sweet. 
Um, well, like I was saying, I was really slow. Um, if we had recorded normally last week, I would have had zero movies to talk <laughs> about. Um, I watched a lot. And I think you've been watching some too, but I watched a lot of old Doctor Who. Yeah, I just started. I'm on, uh, uh, was it not Mind? Well, though, on Netflix. Yeah, they spit, they st- they skip around. But what's yeah, nice about around. the... The early one is that you don't have to watch. There's not a lot of it that you have to even watch in order. Right. Um, there's serials that they there's like five, like anywhere from four to six uh, episodes that make up one story. Yeah, that's the way. And as long is. yeah, as long as you watch those in order, you're fine. But you can skip around because uh, the only the only time it could ever get confusing is when he has changed companions. Right. Um, which I had been going through. Uh, the fourth doctor, uh, Tom Baker. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I got ready to start. I finished the, uh, the talons of, of the, the, the racist Chinese one that I was watching. I finished that one and, uh, decided that I was going to just go back and watch some first doctor again. This is, uh, uh, William Hartnell. That's the and, guy um, with the kind of, yeah, the, the, the one the with Aztec the weird teeth in the front In the Aztec where there were, yeah, 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 yeah. one I watched was the four of the, that one and he was I liked and him. He, I'm sorry. the original the original plan was for him to be the doctor for a while but he started to get sick around the end of season three i think mm-hmm. and they needed uh, basically they were trying to figure out a creative way to keep the show going and they were uh, considering at first i think having the show even without him as a character nice. um but then they came up somebody came up with the idea to uh to have him regenerate, yeah, and can become. So I just started. Well, I watched the serials. I watched of Hartnell's were uh, mostly third season ones. I watched. Um, what the hell did I watch? Uh, I didn't watch any of the first season. Oh, maybe it was second season. Uh, let's see. Yeah, um, the chase, which was pretty good. Oh, the Dalek invasion of Earth is where I started. I'd actually watched that one before. Um, it's kind of the second appearance of the Daleks and they go to a time when the Daleks have completely taken over earth and they're using these people to mine this giant hole in earth that they're going to use to basically explode the core of the earth and make it into a giant spaceship that they can steal. And, uh, then, uh, I watched the chase, which was a neat one. The Daleks are pissed and they start basically chasing the doctor through time. And every time they stop somewhere, the Daleks are like right behind them and they, they land on top of the empire state building and on a pirate ship and all this shit. It was pretty good. Um, then one called the time meddler where he meets another time Lord. Who's basically making himself rich by going through time and like changing shit. <laughs> um, and then, uh, I wanted to watch this one called the Daleks master plan. It's like this, it was like a 10 part serial in season four. And, uh, but fucking half of it is missing. There's like <laughs> seven episodes of it missing or something. So, um, so I watched, uh, instead I watched the 10th planet, which was the last serial that Hartnell was in where he get, where he dies and regenerates his, uh, what is the second guy's name? I'm so bad with their names. Uh, fuck. I can't remember his name. Not Pertwee. He was the third, uh, Troughton. He, uh, yeah, so the kind of the appearance of him, none of those episodes exist. <laughs> so I've been watching huh. recreations of them. Uh, even the even the Tenth Planet one, the fourth one is missing. But the BBC animated it almost like a flash animation. They animated the last episode. So because um, it, it's weird with these because audio recordings of all of them still exist, <laughs> um, and there's st- production stills. So what people have done, what fans did over the years, is just take the audio from him. 
and with the all, with the pictures and they uh like just kind of like tell a story you listen to it and you watch the pictures of different scenes and every once in a while there'll be like text on the screen saying you know the doctor stands up and leans against the console that kind of thing yeah um it's it, it it can be difficult to watch but it's kind of neat seeing like how you know still the story progress and um it's hard you know a lot of the times with tv i can kind of do something else and watch it at the same time but with these you can't really do that yeah. you got to pay more attention so um but anyway as far as movies go um uh, i watched one of your favorites of 2013 man of steel it's yeah. uh, <laughs> awesome actually actually bought it it was my se- my second itunes purchase ever you're just um, doing that um, so that your friend Will will like you. I think so. Yeah, that's what I heard. And he, and he is a, an ape, by the way. Well, no. See, if if I was that's trying to get him to like me, if I tried to get him to like me, I would like the I would talk about how much I liked the last movie I watched this week. But anyway, Man the, of Steel. The I Canadian still like it a lot. <laughs> yeah, I still like it a lot. I know you're not. I'm not. A, you know, you're not a big fan, but. Um, you know, I, I, I don't I, care I, if I ever I could, see it again. I mean, it's, I didn't hate it, but it's one of those ones that's just kind of like, I don't think I'll watch it. Again. Something worked for me with it, and uh, yeah. it, it's, you know, I, I, I like it better than the Thor movie. Um, Did you see Thor 2? I didn't see the second one. Okay. Um, I hear it's got a similar kind of plot, though. <laughs> so, which I guess a lot of early superhero stories usually do. So. Um, let's see. I watched, uh, well, my wife had never seen it. I watched history of violence. I've seen this a few times. Mm-hmm. Our friend letter bar, the DVD, um, uh, Viggo Mortensen and his tail on the steps. And, uh, it's good. It's funny. We, I, I tested somebody's, uh, DVD drive today and, uh, on their computer. And we have a, a Lord, one of the Lord of the Rings movie and, uh, for for whatever fucking reason, looking at the cover of it, I was like, "What is that guy's name?" Even though I just watched this damn movie and talked about how much I love the name Vigo. Vigo Mortensen. Yeah, it's a pretty good movie. Um, Chowy, Chowy, what are you like, doing, Chowy? I really like the I like the 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 ideas put forth in it, but something about the way Cronenberg gets his actors to act sometimes is just really bizarre, really wooden. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. Some of the some of the acting of it was really weird. Ed Harris was really good, and I and I I like William Hurt in uh, it, but Vigo was very like wide eyed almost in a way, and like his wife and. What'd you think about that sixty nine? <laughs> it was that was I forgot odd. that happened. Yeah, yeah, kind of out of. I was like, the, the, I didn't know if it needed. I'm to telling be there, you, honestly. I don't think that I have ever seen in a major with with uh, top level actors in a scene uh one of them starts sucking the one's dick and the other one starts eating that one's pussy well he like, he he went down on her first yeah, and, then he, and then she then flipped s- it around on him yeah that was kind of like i mean i wonder if uh cronenberg was like you know hmm hmm what would it look like for vigo mortensen to be in we'll a somebody get their head stomped in and then we'll have somebody fucking <laughs> you know it would have been you know, like if she had like farted or something funny uh, a nice area. Or if Ed Harris, they would have de- double penetration. We're we're this close to getting a double penetration in a movie. I'm telling you. I <laughs> hope the next Cronenberg. That would um, be awesome. So I watched one uh, I hadn't seen since it first came out on video. Uh, Bad Santa. Mm-hmm. Now I really didn't like this the first time I saw it, and my reasons for not liking it are still 
kind of the same. And it's because, and I've watched the unrated version both times. I think my issue with it is a lot of the laughs they go for are from just being crude. Yeah. And it doesn't, it, it, it's not as funny after a while hearing, like when, what's the little guy's name? Uh, Tony Cox. When Tony Cox, the, he, he plays the, the, the elf in the movie. Like when he'll just say like, he won't just say you're a disgusting guy. It's a whole sentence of yeah. profanity. And it's just like, uh, it was it's like kind a of funny a couple that, times. Yeah. For about uh, five minutes. It's super, it's, it's like, holy shit. And then after a while, it's like, yeah. okay, this is easy. It's cheap heat. Yeah. And it's, I, I like parts of it. I liked it better this time when I saw it, but it still wears its welcome for That's me. That's one of those only ones like we a, usually watch every year. That one and that fucking uh, National Lampoon's Christmas. But for yeah. some reason, an elf, they all fell through the cracks. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Not a big bad Santa fan. It's okay. But, you know, Terry Zweigoff directed it. He's the guy that did the Chrome yeah. documentary. I was reading a little bit about that guy. He seems like a pretty interesting guy. He's like he's like the crumb of directors. Like he's very anti commercial. You're like and, the crumb uh, of podcasting. <laughs> yeah. I refuse to let us ever make money. Zom has <laughs> yeah. tried. We are, uh, uh, and and so far your efforts have worked. <laughs> You're two years strong, baby. I ate a piece of uh, a long piece of cloth today. <laughs> did that come out dirty? It didn't come out yet. Um. Uh, let's see. I watched uh, Rare Exports. Uh, we talked this is about the, actually reviewing that, but we yeah, we almost it was in the it was in the the running to, for one of our Christmas movies. Uh, well, we should save it. It's a good one. Um, well, this I've is never even heard. I mean, I remember you kind of told me about it, but I've never yeah. Saw it. It's 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 um basically it's a small. Uh, it's not even really a village. Like a kind of an establishment in the one of the, like it has to be a very northern area in Finland of these guys that pretty much rely on the main guy and his son are live live alone together and his his the mom is the only woman even referenced in the whole movie but the mom has died apparently and the dad is a a butcher um, but this group of people rely on this giant herd of reindeer coming through at a certain time every year and they have this corral where they kind of like push them all in and they slaughter them basically and sell their meat and stuff and um they, it, it helps them get through the year basically that's how they make their living is this one big kill every year anyway this there's a excavation going on on a mountain where this guy is looking for something um he said he's been looking for it all his life and it's you know it ends up being like it it, it talks a lot about the 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 I guess northern European version of Santa Claus and like he's a demon basically and like that's he's a where it comes the whole thing yeah you know if you're if you're naughty I, for some reason see I don't know the whole the whole uh, story behind it but like the, one of the boys tells another one to put this like cardboard over his bum so I don't know if like that's Santa for, like, fuck you up the ass <laughs> well I, mean, I think maybe Santa's supposed to he like whips kids with sti- with the sticks like you know the the coals and sticks in their in their stocking where that came from I like my I think, idea better when Santa fucks you up the ass for being bad but like kids disappear and there's just like a like a, a dummy made out of sticks in their bed when they're gone like they kidnap them um, and there's a lot of old man dong in this movie. I was old <laughs> man of, dong. Lots that of naked Santa Clauses running of, around. Uh, Santa Claus. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of old man dick in this movie. In, in the northern parts, like you know, uh, Sweden, Switzerland, Finland, he was known as old man dong. 
<laughs> and if you were bad, you'd wake up and he'd just be fucking brazzering you in the asshole with his four fingers right in the mouth. Yeah, now, this, four fingers. Uh, this kid in it, you could tell it's fucking cold, and it would suck to live in this house because they don't have a bathroom inside, so he's got to go outside to piss. And he goes outside in his little underwear at one part, just walking across the snow in his boots and underwear. I was like, God damn, he's fucking freezing. I'm surprised but, I had a bathroom in my hotel room. <laughs> yeah, you almost didn't. You almost pulled that fucking toilet off the floor. Uh, but uh, it's, it's a good uh, movie. It's worth seeing. It's, it's on instant. So. I shit like wa- a fucking champ in that toilet, though, too. Didn't even wash your hands afterwards. No. It was cheap. Um, I didn't have to wash my hands. We had some, we, we had some, uh, we had lots of farting going on this fucking past week. I don't know what the, <laughs> what that was. I, I um, have started taking this one medication, mm-hmm. and it was the one last time I went to the doctor, and the woman said, uh, she came in, she goes, I, they put me on something new, and then they said, well, we'll wait like three months. You come back, and we'll see if it's effective. And she walked in, and she said, I have one word. And I was like, God, what the fuck is she talking about? And she goes, amazing. She goes, all your levels have just dropped to right where they need. So obviously this medication is working. So I was telling one of my friends about it, and um, he said, well, what's that called? And I said, well, just because it works for me doesn't mean it's going to work. That's how it works. Sometimes it'll work, some, mm-hmm. depending on the person. And um, I looked, I, I looked at looked it up on the internet, and then I started looking at the side effects because I thought, well, you know, I want to see what the side effects are of this shit. And one of them was flatulence, <laughs> and I think that I may have actually talked myself into a fart fest like, psychosomatically <laughs> because it was it was just odd. There was something definitely not right. But Jake was uh, he joined in. It was like dueling banjo. <laughs> 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 it was awful. It was funny though, but I mean, it wasn't like over. The, it wasn't too much. It was just kind of because the the um, the um, comforters in that room were they were they didn't look too bad. And then when I got like underneath them, I was like, man, these look old. They look like something my grandma had. And so they had it was some kind of a deal where the whole like uh, stuffing was like a like a padded kind of quilted padded thing, and you could mm-hmm. take it. It, the 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 burgundy comforter thing, it was almost just like a cover, and, and it had like a you could I guess when you washed it you could take that big padding thing out the soft part and wash it and uh, shit you could you could have fucking shit your, you could have fucking had full blown uh, a mess in your pants under there and you wouldn't have smelled anything it was it was a horrible hotel. But uh, now it's even worse. And then when I left, I said, you know, hey, by the way, uh, you might want to check the heater in that. And he goes, well, what's wrong? And I said, it doesn't work. <laughs> Did you have to stay under the covers the whole time? No, it wasn't, it wasn't that cold out. Uh, and then, like I said, once Jake was in the room below me and he and he uh, had his heat turned on, I mean, I guess it came up through the floor. I like it cooler, <laughs> though. I don't like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But um, anyway, we watched some watched some stuff. You watched some stuff. stuff and farted. Um, I watched thirty five up and forty two up. Are these the, worth the, watching? Or are you just trying? They're really cool. Trying to impress your friends? No, they're <laughs> they're really cool. They're a couple hours long each, but that's long. I don't know if I can fucking. They're good to put on when you kind of are messing on the computer or whatever, because you can almost listen to them because they don't require a lot of like looking at the screen because it's really just interviews. Yeah. Um, but it's really interesting to see, and I'm getting ready to start 49 up, which will be essentially the 50th anniversary of a documentary, which is nuts Yeah. because, and it's, it's crazy to see these people just change the way they have. And the guy's very good. Michael Apted is very good about, um, 
keeping you up to date because these do take part. Now, granted, I've not watched them this way, but they take they take place every seven years. So as not to forget about these people that you're, you know, re getting to know every yeah. time, you know, it's it'll show, you know, it'll say the question would have been, Oh, do you have a girlfriend? And the seven year old is all embarrassed and the fourteen year old said something. Twenty one year old says kind of the same thing the fourteen year old version of himself said. And it's it's interesting to see uh. what changes and what doesn't with these people. And I'm getting ready to hit their I mean, we're getting ready to be fifty years old each. Um uh. only one guy has dropped out of the show. Well, so I was just going to ask you if anybody had, you know, said, "Hey, I don't want to do this shit." One, the, uh, and it's interesting. The only guy that did, he he left after the twenty one show, and he is a documentary filmmaker, hmm. and he refuses. He even sued the director for using his likeness. Well, that's bullshit. By, if I know, did it to start with. So a couple of them, a couple of them will will like leave every once in a while you'll still get an update about what they're doing but it'll be like oh he's decided not to take part but then like he was back the next time yeah and like another guy wasn't in the 42 up but i hear he's back in the 49 up so i wonder if that guy after putting all this time into something this long you know i wonder if he's made any money off of this i don't know it's it's shown on television so he probably got something out of selling the rights to it He's been doing it for so long, and he's, I mean, he's 71 now. So he's been doing this. I mean, he's almost grown up with these kids. I mean, he's, you know, he's only like 14, 15 years older than them, I would say. He was in his 20s, I guess, when he started in the 60s, and now it's amazing. But I, it's, I it's, really think, honest to God, I think, uh, you know, you hear these people like that stupid-ass Shawn Michaels, like, I found Jesus, and now I've changed. And all you heard before was what a prick he was, and how he just would fuck with people and he was just a total jerk and now he's born again and he's just such a nice guy and everything. I find that hard to believe. I'm like you or with this documentary. People change a little bit, but I don't think, I think, you know. A lot of of these people seem very, their their personalities don't, haven't like not changed much since they were like seven year olds. They're all, because I mean, they're fucking programmed, you know, and yeah, I don't know. It's, it's pretty cool. My Santa doesn't fucking help. <laughs> so then there's, <laughs> I still have, uh, I still have 49 and uh, 56. So uh, to go, 56 just came out last year. Okay. So I don't have to fucking wait until because, 2019 yeah, for the next one. Might be dead by then. Um, <laughs> just being old. Um, what? It was just like, what? Probably five minutes ago, we were, we were joking about Santa and that they called him. What were we saying? Oh, old man dong. Old man dong. Okay. See, you're, yeah. I got to write that down. Old man dong. Um, let's see. I watched. Uh, so I finally got back to a little bit of cramming. I watched uh, Europa Report from 2013. Um, if I see many more than 30 films, this will probably drop off. It was okay. It's about a. Uh, it's kind of a found footage movie, but it's mostly. Uh, cameras that are stationary inside this ship, this long distance ship that takes a couple years to get to um, a moon of Jupiter. They found uh-huh. water on the moon, on, a, on Europa, which is one of the moons of Jupiter. And they're there to kind of drill and see what they can see. If they can find life under the surface because there's like thermal vents that make it warm. Um, it's all right. Uh, what's his name? Uh, that South American guy. Lee Van Cleef. <laughs> yes. He's in it. Um, Charlotte Copley is in it. Um, 
it's all right. It's it's pretty low budget. Um, it's kind of neat. Hmm. It's on instant. It's worth checking out. Um, and then I watched uh, the one that makes me cool is uh, Post Tenebras Lux, or I don't know how to pronounce it. It's it's a Latin term which means like after the dark of night or something. And uh, really fucking bizarre movie. This is directed by Carlos Regadas. And I hear it's autobiographical. There's a lot of weird little kind of parts of it that are knitted together in some way, but the director has never explained how exactly they're all related, except that it's the movie is in some ways is autobiographical. Um, There's a scene, there's a, like a, they show a rugby match with some kids in England. There's a family in rural uh, Mexico in this really nice house, and the dad is some kind of sex addict. Um, there's a weird scene in like a bedroom. That, uh, like like when you say that, do you mean like people go up to him and they just like shake their head and laugh and go, "Man, you are some kind of sex addict." No, he uh, well, like he go- <laughs> he goes to like an AA meeting and talks about like having to watch porn all the time, and then like he gets pissed at his wife when okay. he asked her to like fuck in the butt, and she doesn't want to. Nice. And he gets angry about it. I when you're um, saying that, it reminded me of something, which is a newer movie that I forgot, which was Don John. With, uh, I saw that on Netflix. I mean, on Instant. Was it? It's fucking good. He is okay. a porn addict, and I'm telling you what, there are some scenes in this with Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> First of all, you'll just see her and be like, holy shit. And there is uh, one scene in there, uh, and my friend Brian and I were watching it, and we just looked at each other, and I was like, oh, my God, I think I'm going to have to go to the back to the bathroom and jack off. And he goes, oh my God. He goes, that, Jesus Christ. It was, it, it is, um, it's definitely worth a watch. And it's very funny, uh, the first part of it, but it does have a point. Uh, it's not just like a fucking, uh, American pie or something like that. Yeah, yeah. They, they, it comes around and it, and it, uh, it does. There's more. T- the second, the first part of it's all the funny stuff and da 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 and everything, and then it takes a turn and it's uh, it's worth watching. Yeah. Okay. And goddamn, Scarlett Johansson is so fun. Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus. And the, the, this one is. Uh, it's just I don't know. It's 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 hard for me to grasp. I don't think I'm smart enough to understand this movie. Why are all these um, movies coming out about porn addiction? Well, this one's not about yeah. porn addiction. This is just one character. He just wanted to fuck her, his wife, in the butt. Yeah, Six that has this issue. And then there's a, well, then there's a scene that takes place in like a Belgian sauna. It's like a group orgy kind of thing. Um, Nothing wrong with that. It's hard to tell sometimes what's reality and what isn't um, because there's like one scene with like a little girl wandering around this wet field, like soccer field with cows and stuff, and you can't tell if it's like a dream of hers or not. I thought maybe you meant they were doing poppers, and they're like. <laughs> Is this real or is it? It's just a, I don't know. It's a bizarre movie. It's not I don't know. It's, it's not for everyone. It's really slow. Is that, is that so. really old man dong? <laughs> yeah. Fuck him in the ass. Um, but that was all I watched. That's what I finished up. That's with. not bad. You had a lot. It was two weeks worth though. Yeah. So. God, that was a long. Try doing the right. show every once in a while. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, why don't we take a break and come back? And uh, do, which movie do you want to talk about first? Yeah, in preference, uh, it's been like three weeks since I watched them, so it really didn't matter. Okay, let's do Eyes Wide Shut. Okay, we'll be right back. 
Do you find yourself looking for a different type of genre podcast? Do you find yourself on the weekends wondering when you will find that one film that might change your life? Well, then maybe you should check out The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema with your host Big Willie and the Samurai. Bringing class to the trash since 1977 and rocking the house. You can find The Gentleman at ggtmc.com. Bringing class to the trash. Ronnie James Ronnie Dio. James Dio, when he said to save to save ourselves from Satan's power, he seemed like he was kind of accentuating Satan's power <laughs> there a little bit. <laughs> He's using Satan's power for that fucking voice. Yeah. All right, our first movie of the day, Eyes Wide Shut, yeah. from what year was this movie made? 1999. 99. I think I forgot it. Um, this is Stanley Kubrick's last film. Song. We didn't decide who's going to lead on this. Ah, why don't I lead on this? Okay, since Zom, Zom is more familiar with this one, this is my first time seeing it, so I'll fill in some stuff here. But uh, Zom, yeah, how many? You, you you're probably familiar with this. So, uh, what do you think of Eyes Wide Shut? You mean I'm going to do the synopsis? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> A New York City doctor. I just want to hear you do married- that. Please. To an art curator, pushes himself on a harrowing and dangerous nightlong odyssey of sexual and moral discovery after his wife admits that she once almost cheated on him. What a dick. The Midnight Ride. <laughs> the Midnight Ride. Okay, this is Stanley Kubrick Schwanzang, and it was um, uh, at the time when Tom Cruise was living in a sham marriage, uh, one of his, uh, <laughs> the, his middle sham marriage, I think the... Uh, the uh, last one was pretty much a, a fiasco, but uh, he. Um, what was the first sham marriage? It was to Mimi Rogers, the big titted oh. Scientologist that turned him into a lunatic, uh, with her giant tits, uh, which are very nice. Oh yeah, she swings them around. Oh yeah, they're getting very they sleepy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she, he said him stupid um, but anyway but he can act yes acting um, now ta- this um, movie uh, I watched three weeks <laughs> um, to me it seems like it's almost um, I don't know if the theme would be uh, consequences or um what I got out of it was it, it's almost like um, 
they, you have the big setup, which is he, he's a doctor, and, I mean, they have a really good life. Uh, yeah. You know, if you, I mean, my God, if you look at it, uh, he has a beautiful wife. They have a little kid. He's a and, he's a and very was really fucking hot. Still, she time. was very hot. She was young in this. She is almost like six feet tall, and I mean, uh, long legged. Oh, she had just the perkiest everything, and everything looked just like you could bounce a quarter off of it. Um, and he's like a dwarf, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Their sexual chemistry was like you know you I, th- I almost expected him to kind of almost like uh, throw up in his mouth when he was kissing a woman, um, but anyway, maybe he should have been kissing Sidney Pollock instead, yeah, or Nick Nightingale. Um, so anyway, well, and I guess at the same time you could say this movie is kind of about like getting in over your head, being obsessed with something. And it, it, it has in a way, and I know you haven't seen a ton of them, but almost like giallo like elements. There's not, there's not the black gloves and slash murders type thing, but he can't help himself in kind of taking on this. He started dancing around that. He got, he got close to the edge. He was looking into the abyss. Yeah. The abyss started looking into him. Um, he they go to this you know really nice uh, party at um, uh, Pollock who is very good in this I th- you know I th- like I think Will and Sammy both have said on several occasions that they thought that Pollock was actually almost a better actor than he is a director I think he's a good director but um, you have Doctor William Harford who is Tom Cruise and his wife Alice and uh, like I said they have a they have a uh, a nice life that you would. I mean, almost anybody would envy, and you would think to yourself, "Okay, you know, God, why would you want to fuck that up?" Um, but uh, Tommy um, decides. Well, they go to this party, and this they they kind of uh, start doing their own thing. He goes off to do something. I don't know if he goes off to take a piss or what. Well, I know what he goes off to do, but. Um, he leaves her kind of by herself, and she's been, you know, having some drinky-winky, so she's loosening up a little bit. Now, I thought that the guy, she gets approached by this Hungarian dude, uh, whose name in real life is Sky Dumont. <laughs> Sky. That's his Sky Dumont, who plays Zandor Zavolst. Uh, um he reminded me almost like a suave, sexy, young younger version of like Boris Karloff or something. <laughs> Just it, but he's the he is the sexy older man. Um he's um European and he is a char I mean he is a fucking charmer and a guy that knows how to sling the shit to get girls out to he could talk women out of their fucking underwear. So he comes up and starts talking to Alice, and he is making no bones about it that he wants to fuck her. Uh, and she's like, well, you know, my husband's right over there. And it doesn't even fucking phase him. He doesn't mm-hmm. give a shit. And in some ways, she is kind of rebuffing him, but she, if she really was, she wouldn't even be talking to him. She'd have just mm-hmm. been like, fuck you, and walk away. So she, she's a little bit drunk, so she's, it's almost like a little cat and mouse thing they got going on. Well, Tom, uh, Doctor Fucking Bill, he he goes off and he's wandering around, and he kind of comes across these two um, um, very attractive young models, and he's got one on each arm, and 
they basically are doing the same thing to him. They're telling him, hey, let's go have a threesome. Let's go do some blow and fuck. And he's like, you, you want me to go with you? And they're like, yeah, let's go. Let's go fuck. I want to sit on your face and she's going to suck your dick. You want to suck my dick and she's sitting on my face. And I'm surprised they weren't like, is there something wrong with you? Are you fucking stupid? No, he looks really young in this too. He is very young. Yeah. Um and I wouldn't say too young for the part, but he's very young. Mm-hmm. Um now uh the party is being th- no well no, no, no. The, well was that when the party was being thrown by his buddy, uh Sidney Pollock? Pollock, yeah, Victor. I I, mean, I assume that was his party yes, because, because he, he was gets, very fucking comfortable in the bathroom upstairs. Yes. Yeah. And he gets called upstairs and uh Pollock has um been kind of uh, being a naughty boy, and this is sort of the introduction of Tom on his his uh, uh, Ulysses like quest or not quest but uh, uh, trials of Ulysses. He's he's this is this is him dipping his beak. He's seeing Pollock, who is his buddy. Uh, he's an older guy, but they're friends and they're really comfortable with each, with each other and everything, and. Um, Pollock uh, has this girl, and they've been partying, and she's doing a little bit too much of uh, blow, and she <laughs> uh, she ODs, and so because he's a doctor, he goes up and he helps her out and everything. But this chick's really good looking, so he's mm-hmm. like, "Well, what the fuck's going on here?" Plus, then when he was downstairs, he had the two twin or not twins, but you know the two hot chicks coming on to him, and he's kind of like, "Fuck," you know. So it's basically the thing where like he is very successful in his life, including his personal life with his wife. Uh, but when you have chocolate cake every day for every fucking meal, it just becomes chocolate cake. And you want a little vanilla. You want a little strawberry. You want some pie. You want, you know. So anyway, later on, they go back home. And, of course, now there's nothing worse than this. And I've had this situations before where you go to a party and – uh, you know, everybody's feeling everything, and you know, uh, the drinks kick in, and mm-hmm. you have the the uh, too much truth coming out, and um, uh, you're, all your inhibitions are down. So then, I've had some occasions where. Uh, my one girlfriend, we would get in like a big fight over, well, I saw you looking at so-and-so, or you were looking at this one, and that, da, 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 or that vice versa or whatever, and you get right. this big drunk, stupid fight because the dumb bitch is fucking uh, hammered. And so, <laughs> Nicole Kidman is fucking a little bit hammered. Cruz is, you know, he seems like he's pretty much okay. You know, I, I didn't think he would have been drinking that much. But she gets a little tipsy, and then she starts smoking some weed, and, uh, Let me tell you, from not from not from personal experience because I don't really drink, but I've had a lot of friends. If you're fucking drunk and then smoke pot afterwards, it's not good. Yeah, not a good thing. You will get fucking sick as anything. She um, starts getting a little too. I mean, I'm sure. I remember laying in bed with a girl, and we had dated, but then at the time we were just kind of like fuck buddies. Supposedly, but of course, you know, that's how that goes. One person always likes the other person and says, well, yeah, let's just do this, but they're only doing it because they want to get back together. Mm-hmm. And she asked me, she said about this other girl, and she goes, so if, if you know, if you were, you know, you're single now, so if she 
wanted to sleep with you. Would you sleep with her? And I was like, well, yeah, I think she's hot. And I mean, it was like, you know, you get the, oh, fuck you, you know, just roll over and turn the other way. And I'm like, listen, you know, you ask. Those are those trap questions, those bullshit, you know, games, trap yeah. questions. No woman wants you to hear that you want to fuck somebody else, even if you're not even in a relationship with them, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, but the tie, the tables are turned because Tom thinks that he was off, you know, kind of taking it to the edge, dipping his toe, but he's a good guy, so he's not going to fuck these two chicks. But um, he's thinking, you know, he's the man. Not like yeah. I'm the man, but he's the man, and that just happens. And But he's a good guy. He didn't do anything because he loves her and everything. Well, then she starts going into this thing about how um, there was a time. He goes, and I think it was almost like offended her and pissed her off because he was like, well, you know, you're a woman, you know, that it's different for a woman, you know. I'm a yeah. guy and you know how guys are. Guys look at other women and and all this and that, but I didn't do anything and she and she's like, you know, you don't have any idea what you're talking about, little midget. Um <laughs> and if she'd have called him that, that would have been great. But so she relates to him a story of of when she um had thoughts of infidelity and she goes as far as basically telling him that she just saw this guy and it turned her on so much and she started fantasizing and in her fantasy she gave up everything she gave up him her daughter and everything because she just wanted to fuck this guy so bad but it was just all in her head i mean every you know people have fantasies you know probably right. shouldn't share a lot of them unless you have a really cool fucking woman and there ain't <laughs> a woman in the world i think that's that cool <laughs> because they will bust your nuts um so this and Cruz is doing the hey you're drunk you know you're just trying to yeah. pick a fight you're 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 getting paranoid you're this and that and everything and that makes her even more mad that's it was almost like the conversation of uh when it's uh almost that time of the month and the woman's hormones are all fucked up and they're being really nasty and you're like listen i think that it's getting close to that time of the month they're like why is it going to be that so everything he says is just making her more mad and all this ugly resentful shit is coming out plus some of the stuff she's saying you just wonder if she's saying it just to fuck with him and hurt him well yeah. it works <laughs> because little tommy is very insecure and he starts thinking well wait a minute i'm a successful doctor and i and we have and you're a woman and women don't think that way and oh my god <laughs> so he first of all and like I said, it's almost like the trials of Ulysses or something where he is called away and he starts uh, going – after that point, you really – Kidman, after like the – sort of – she's like a bookend. Yeah. You have the beginning where she does the – she's at the party and then she gets high and they – have the thing where she plants this shit in his head, which kind of she's pretty brutal to him. Yeah, I mean, oh, she's, she's brutal. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's she, she's just like, yeah, you're not enough. Yeah. I, I just thought about fucking the sailor and blah yeah, blah blah. You have a small penis, and you're probably in the closet. Um, <laughs> then at the end, she reemerges. But um, the one line she says is so brutal when she says, "I thought if he wanted me, even if it was only for one night, I was ready to give up everything." Yeah. I was like, "Yikes." She must have been a horny fucking bitch. I'm telling you that. She was She was so horny. Um, but this sets him off on this, uh, not a quest, but... His he's, odyssey. Yeah, his, it it's his is. odyssey. Yes, the odyssey. Um, 
he goes he gets called to uh by one of his patients has passed away this guy that i guess he he knew very well the guy had been a patient as a rich guy uh been a patient for a long time and uh he was called to the the bedside that you know where the guy had died now i'll tell you this he is a lot stronger than i would be because that the daughter of the guy was there and she's grieving and you know he's kind of like you know oh it's you know it's going to be okay he was a really good man and just like you would con- console somebody when their father just passed away but all of a sudden i guess in a moment uh, an emotional moment or whatever she basically confesses that she has always wanted him and she's married and everything uh and that she wants him so bad blah 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 well he's kind of she's like a milf and he's like you said he's fairly young in this um so he kind of uh to much to her chagrin he's like you know hey you know mm, <laughs> married mm, gay whatever um <laughs> so uh, he he uh he turns that down but it's like all of a sudden um it's almost kind of like I've always said this if you're single uh people like women can smell it on you and but if you are date as soon as I would start dating somebody it's like feast or famine and as soon as you start dating somebody or you're in a relationship you have 5 million opportunities to fuck a million different people <laughs> they it they, they I think it's the first of all you don't you're not looking for anything and so you're not being uh you're not coming on you're not doing this but also um a lot of times when you are in a relationship or say you're married or something you have more opportunities because if the other person is married or in a relationship and they want to cheat they know that you're good because you can blackmail them and they can blackmail you and nobody's going to say anything <laughs> so anyway he goes from there and then um there was one scene in this where um See, he's very vulnerable because I think he did have that macho idea of, you know, men or like my one uh, acquaintance, I wouldn't say friend because he's kind of a repulsive individual uh, that I know. Uh, Mm -hmm. He cheated on his wife and then when, I mean, constantly. But then when he was out, I always said, when the mice are away, the cat or the cat's away, the mice will play. And he's going to think, you know, hey, I've got it all figured out. I go and do this stuff, and nobody knows, and I'm getting away with it. Well, then when he was doing that and not at home, his wife was neglected and found somebody else and divorced him and whatever. And um, I, th- he actually literally expressed to me, it's different when it's with a, when a, when a guy cheats than when a woman cheats, because you know guys are different. And I'm like, no, you're full of shit. <laughs> well, that's kind of the way. Not that. Dr. Bill had cheated before, but his macho mentality was, you know, women aren't like that. Women, you know, they want to be, have a family and da da da. You don't have to worry about him cheating because women don't think that way. And um, that, when he finds out that his wife actually, I think what it is is that women are just smart enough not to tell their boyfriend that they saw a guy and they wanted to suck his cock. (laughs) <laughs> and have him fuck the shit out of her and stick their four fingers down her throat. Um, but there was one scene where he's walking down the street, and not only has he sort of been emasculated mentally yeah. by his wife, he's walking down the street, and these like 
four or five like frat guys are coming towards him and they like bump into him and and he turns around and they're like what faggot you know and they they emasculate him even further because you know it's kind of like number one they sort of challenge his manhood and he doesn't rise to the occasion because he would have got his ass kicked but number two uh, they, I think they did call him a faggot or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And so then, you know, the, uh, that kind of makes me wonder if the Tom Cruise, <laughs> if there was more to this about Tom Cruise than, you know, <laughs> he's probably been like, oh, wait a minute. I you know, I don't know. Maybe he helped write the script or something. Um, so <laughs> there, one part of this that I thought was, that I really remember um, is he ends up um, running into this lady of the night, and she's cute, you know. Uh, I mean, good looking, and yeah. she's like a uh, walking walking down the street, and she takes his arm, and she says, "Hey, you know," and uh, do you want to get lucky and everything? And I mean, she's a good looking girl, and uh, she takes him. He he. Is one of these guys, he takes it, and I think that even if the shit with Nicole Kidman wouldn't have happened, he is, like you said, an obsession, but he's a safe guy. He yeah. would take it to the limit. Like when he, uh, the woman, at the, when the guy died, his uh, patient had died, and the, the uh, daughter comes on to him. And with this, um, this prostitute, um, you know, all he had to do was say, hey, you know, I'm not interested and keep walking. But he takes it to the limit and he goes into her room. Now, some people might think, okay, he probably only did this because of what Nicole Kidman and he's, you know, thinking, you know, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. I think he's the kind of guy that has always been safe like that. He would take it to the limit and go down there and maybe take it to right to the edge. But he would always, oh, I got a wife and kids. I got to go. Yeah. And take off. Um, and that's basically what happens. I mean, I think they even kiss, but he, uh, the phone rings or something. He's like, well, you know, I got to get out of here. I got to go. So he gives her, she wanted like 250 bucks or I don't know how much. And he gives her the, gives her the money anyway. And he says, Hey, Mary, and this does, this does take place over Christmas. Yeah. And you get, and you get the idea of it because of the way, um, and he uses it for effect, but you see Christmas lights everywhere, yeah. and the way the way everything's lit and lit and Jesus, lit. <laughs> the way everything's lit, uh, it's a, a lot of like uh, rainbow colored, big those big fat like old timey yeah. style Christmas lights. A lot of dark, dimly lit rooms, blue, red shades, well, and stuff. And, and the um, the contrast between his life. I liked I liked the scene with the prostitute because of the contrast between his life and what he knows. He's dressed immaculately. I mean, this Cruz's character, Doctor Bill, is they got money. They live in a yeah, really yeah. nice place. Uh, Sidney Pollock's uh, uh, house is just gorgeous. I mean, it's this beautiful like fucking mansion or whatever. But then when he goes into the prostitute's uh, uh, apartment, it's like a, a lower level, like where you walk down the steps in like. I don't know if it was New York. It's pretty New York, wasn't it? It all, yeah, it's New yeah. York City. And you go down these steps into this little, little kind of darkly lit apartment. She, he's wearing like a a fucking um, cashmere coat or something like that, and everything. And she's got on the like the the uh, the um, um, 
knitted mittens and hat and everything and, and, mm-hmm. and nothing matches and her apartment is like you know it probably looks like my fucking house right now uh but you know uh, she doesn't have a lot of money and everything well so he kind of dodges the bullet there and um which later on you find out that he really dodged the bullet which that's what i was going to say it was <laughs> yeah. almost like a it was kind of cool because he goes and these things happen like that and then where he takes it to the edge and he pulls back. But like I said, my my thing about this was um, more not an obsession thing as a, a, a showing, like you said, like a, an odyssey, but that everything has consequences. Everything yeah. that he does, even though he doesn't take it, he takes it to the edge, like looking into the abyss, and then he walks away. But everything, every time he does that, it's either shown later on what the consequences could have been or what there are some things that happen where he takes it to the edge and he comes this close to fucking uh, getting into some really super bad trouble and possibly the big event um, and what happens, he is almost with uh, told straight out you fucking came real close and huh. and now you you know he might have this hanging over his head and he's like shitting himself now this movie when it first came out all you heard was that this from the publicity and stuff before it even came out was this was going to be a oh my god boy this movie's going to be hot 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 and i think that when people went to see it at the theater there was a misconception that it was going to be like a nine and a half weeks or, uh, I thought, yeah. And like I said, this is, I, I have a funny story about this okay. because the first time that I was going to watch this movie probably would have been probably 2000, 2001 on, on, uh, on DVD or blue or uh, not Blu-ray DVD or VHS or something. And the, uh, the girl I was going to, uh, she had rented it and wanted to watch it. And uh, some other somebody else that I was probably more interested in called on the phone, and I went back <laughs> in another room and sat and talked to her on the phone the entire time while the other girl sat and watched this movie by herself. In the other room. And then the consequences were uh, the consequences were but, I never talked to either one of them again. But you, um, um, the, yeah, but you had you had the deal where. Or, or like but, Basic Instinct or something like that. People yeah, had that and that's, misconception. And, but that was, you know, that was that was my only e- attempt at ever even watching the movie, and uh, it wasn't until now that I did it. And I had always assumed that when I was going to watch this, that I was gonna, it was gonna be. I thought it was like sle- gonna be sleazy. Yeah. Thought there's gonna be fucking all over the place, and, and there's not, really, well, yeah. I mean, there's nudity, but it's like it's it's adult m- subject matter, but. The way it's handled is a lot different than I was yeah, expecting. And you, I mean, you never Tom Cruise never has sex once in the movie. No. And and it's um you people expected that and when they went to see it it's not like it's not an art film, but it's definitely there's way more to it uh and it's a smart film. It's not something that, you know, a, yeah. like a goddamn jack-off movie or whatever. Well, there, there are some scenes in it where, you know, would, um there was a, a cut version and an uncut version, and the or the director's cut. The director's cut has a lot more of the. There's an infamous orgy scene. Now, yeah. 
when I was watching this, I was like, man, I wish I could get a fire party like that. It's like, <laughs> oh my god. Um, Cruz meets up with uh, a, an old friend of his who is like a, a piano player in you know uh, pubs or bars. Yeah, or, and they used they used to go to medical school together. Yeah. And the guy dropped out, and he's he's basically making money playing, you know, uh, you know, jazz piano or whatever, uh, in these in these bars, and um, he's the kind of guy that he can't keep his fucking mouth shut because he's told, you know, he has this job where he plays blindfolded at uh, at these these parties, and of course, you know, it's almost like looking at Medusa when they say, if you look at Medusa, you'll turn to stone, but you know, keep your eyes closed, and you're like, I've got to look, i just got to see what the fuck she looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Nick Nightingale has peeped through the blindfold and seen that uh, this is a, a, a very rich clientele of, like, the top 1%. They all get together at this big mansion, and they have these wild, like, Orgies, but they're not, they're like costume gothic kind of costume. Uh, well, yeah, like like almost like Mardi Gras yeah. masks or some kind of uh, medieval looking. And they masks. go through almost like a like a uh, I would think it would almost be like a Aleister Crowley like uh, rituals uh, yeah. where they they do all this stuff, and, and it it really is you know kind of interesting. The the <laughs> the the sound. And the camera work at that ceremony is right. just fucking that, oh. amazing. It's really good. Yeah, the the chanting and the st- and the the sound of the guy hitting his like staff thing on the floor. Yeah, and there's a uh, the the my probably my favorite shot of the entire movie comes from that scene when uh, there ever there's like a ring of people all masked standing they all have cloaks long cloaks and a mask and they're staring up at this balcony all of them are in a perfect circle and all of them are looking up at different angles but it's a it's a it's a fantastic shot it's almost Um, like he came across like a uh not it's sort of almost like a satanic cult or something like cult-like rituals and um it's probably the illuminati that's what they do um (laughs) but the, the another thing in this movie, if, uh, you know, that I always, as soon as you said about the sound, is that one piano note that they yes, just the play. Music, the, 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 a, lot, a lot of the music is recycled from other things, but the, the parts of it that are the original score are a lot of it is like that ding, 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 ding. Yeah, like the, and you just the see single Cruz, piano note. Like in the back of a taxi, and he's just. Now, you talk about acting, and I don't think Tom Cruise is like a great actor. I think he's a good actor. Yeah. He's not horrible, but there are scenes where he is not saying anything, but you can just see the wheels in his brain just fucking turning, mm-hmm. and they're just playing that you know, that one note over and over. And it's like when something happens to you and you get in over your head, and then you're just, you're, you're, you can't shut your mind down because you're just thinking about all the consequences or all the everything that's happened and what I sh- oh my god why did I do this and why did I do that um, he gets in over his head and then after that is when you kind of see it. They he goes from the Nicole Kidman pot smoking shit that sets him off and he goes through that odyssey then he reaches the, the pinnacle of that with the the orgy thing then he goes back it's like he's going back and he's, as he's going back uh, over all the things that happened 
literally going back and he runs yeah. goes back to see the prostitute he you know this and that happens all the consequences start coming he starts seeing okay i did this 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 and, and but i and, and he, at the same time he's second guessing himself yeah. he doesn't know like nothing like there's nothing even as a viewer we don't even get any questions right. answered through this whole fucking thing and like well, and he's he's like i said he's kind of like a, a puss because not but not in a bad i i guess you know he's married and he's got a little kid and everything but he's going to suffer the consequences of his um of his actions even though he didn't do anything he t- he's yeah. like like i said it's almost like a cowardly thing where he'll take it to the edge but he won't do it and then he'll step back and say hey i'm a good guy i'm a good guy i'm dr bill i you know i this and that and everything uh when i have a hot patient come in i'm a, i'm just a doctor and blah 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 so he has these excuses of why it's okay but he's doing this shit anyway and he's taking it to the edge, but he's it's kind of, like I said, almost like a cowardly thing where he pulls back and then tries to get tries to put himself in this mold of father, uh, good husband, good father, good you know doctor, good job, and, and then this yuppie-like thing where he's just dying to do this shit. He doesn't do it, but then you see the consequences of what could have been which chill him to the bone but you also see the consequences of of if he say would have just went and did the things that he wanted to do um he's paying for it anyway you know i mean yeah but then and it's 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 neat how he kind of goes through these different like levels of society too yeah. he's got I mean, no, he is, you know, where you're saying this party is like, this is something that not even him as a rich family guy is part of. Like, if the party, if the the the, the seance cult yeah. orgy thing is the 1%, Dr. Bill is like the 2%. Um, he rents a costume from a guy with a with some weird shit going on. That guy's like almost middle class, yeah. and then he's got you know he has he keeps returning to the prostitute, and they're like the bottom of the the rung, the bottom rung of the ladder. And he you know the 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 mobility there is kind of an interesting the way he kind of jumps around there with between these people, seeing how this weird. I mean, everybody has these different. Yeah, it's it's like, it's weird because it's like on the sur- you have the everything on the surface. And and everything looks normal, you know. This guy has a costume shop, or this girl is doing this, or this and that, and everything. This guy's a, a lawyer or a doctor, and everything. But then you have the the like I said, the abyss. It's the deep, un, you know, the truth. Uh, yeah. You know, it's like when you when you live <laughs> in a. It's, t- what, it's it's weird that you say that too, because the truth behind Doctor Bill is they're at this one percent party, and both of them are getting hit on by these, you know hot other people yeah. and all this stuff. And then they go home and like, you know, 
Bill, and they argue while yeah. high or Bill calls his wife from the prostitute's place and she's fucking uh, the kid. I love the scene. Kidman is home. She's watching this tiny TV in the kitchen. She's smoking a cigarette, eating these gross like snack wells cookies that used to make. <laughs> <laughs> and that's their reality, which is kind of cool too, yeah. because that's completely different than the back, the backside you what see you the behind the curtain you yeah. see at the, at the, all the other places. Well, that's what, that's why I always like being a snoop. <laughs> <laughs> is when like if if you I don't care who it is if somebody said hey can you um I don't know like uh you have like a relative or a friend or something and they say you know hey I'm out of town can you watch our house or or uh can you um uh run over to my house and and get this or something like that I'm I'm going to be here or something like that if I guarantee you if you go through, you, you, everybody has skeletons. Everybody, <laughs> why are these people asking me to join this goddamn high school alumni thing? Fuck off. Um, so anyway, um, Dr. Bill, kind go fuck off. I don't even know you, you douche. Um, he gets a goddamn fucking kick in the balls, uh, like a wake-up call. Mm-hmm. And he probably one of the only reasons that, from what I got took from it, he has a friend, Sidney Pollock, um, who I don't know if I would say saved his ass, but he came. Th- I mean, I, I'm holding my fingers up. He came this close. Oh, that close. Yeah. To really fucking up, and he got lucky. But still, he's going to have that in his in the back of his head and in his head because these people know him, they know where he lives, they know all about him, and he all. I think it's almost like he's almost exposed. It's not as much what he did. It's almost like he's almost um, like say you live in a little suburban town with a nice wife and kids and. Everything's great, and da, da da da, and then all of a sudden you're carrying a box out to you. You uh, you have something delivered to your house, but it goes to your neighbor's house, and it's full of fucking butt plugs, dildos, uh, <laughs> leather masks with zippers on the fucking you know uh, mouth, and and sh- or, or you know who knows what, and it's like being exposed. Now everybody yeah. knows that I'm a I'm a fucking perv, or that I like to fucking do this or do that, or I you know whatever. Um, but let me ask you a question. Okay. When we talked about the, uh, we, we touched briefly on the, um, costume shop guy. Yeah. Um, my first perspective of this and probably still the same is, um, that that guy was pimping his daughter out. And yeah, oh well it, it it if not at first then he definitely realized there was some money in it yeah. and decided to by the t- second time you run across them. But I think that when she was when it first came in and she was with those two little Japanese dudes the dad acted like what are you doing oh I told you but I think that he knew I mean he's pimping her out and the only reason that he acted like he was sh- shocked or repulsed was for Dr. Bill's benefit. Like to, just how? Do, uh, well, he didn't really care the second time, though. He didn't care the second time, but the first time he did, he he kind of put on a show. But also, 
I got now. I got the impression, and maybe it's because it was Lee Lee or whatever playing her, um, <laughs> that that chick was supposed to be like very underage. I think she, yeah, I think she was like fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, and I was like, oh, so like I said, he's seeing all this underbelly stuff, and if you're a normal uh, person, you, he, he. I don't know that that I mean even right now she was actually she was 16 when she made this movie if, <laughs> in real life if if you're you or me I mean you know I was just talking to my dad about this uh, and my uncle at Christmas is uh, you know about some of the criminal stuff that goes on around here and you know there's some people that you know you know have done this or that and some stuff that's pretty extreme whether it's violence or or some kind of crimes or you know like a not organized crime, but it's sort of like that, and everybody knows this person and that person, and there's rumors and everything, and that shit's going on right around us. And mm-hmm. you, pro- I mean, every te- every place has something like that. But if you pretty much um, live your life and just you know don't get involved with it, they run in their own circles. It's like if I wanted to, if I started going to the goddamn strip joint every night of the week, go to the goddamn fucking uh, suck suck off bookstore and then start seeing prostitutes and all that shit is around here. Drugs, uh crime, everything. But if you that that is like a, a thing of its own. It's a world of its own. It's there if you want to see it and if you want to get involved with it. Like S&M or fetish stuff and stuff like that. It's the, it's there just to probably in every town. And if you seek it out, you can find it. But there's a price to be paid. <laughs> I yeah, mean, yeah. you know. So anyway, um, yeah, I don't want to go over like the whole fucking goddamn movie. But <laughs> I like this movie and I've watched it uh, 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 several times. Um because it is more than just uh, what people expected it to be. Yeah. And it may, it's thought-provoking. Um, the whole Nicole Kidman thing at the beginning, just from a man's perspective. I think if you were a woman and you were watching that scene and she's being so fucking mean to him and everything, um, you might – I, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say if you're a woman. You might have a different perspective. I know from my perspective, everybody brings their own shit to it. And just her doing that and have being have having been in situations like that before, I was just like, "Fucking bitch, what a fucking cunt!" But then <laughs> I could see, say, a woman watching that and feeling the way that she's feeling towards Cruz. You know, like who the fuck? You know, because I know that I have personally said things like, you know. Well, you know, you know how guys are, you know, all guys do this or all guys do that. Like you're, you're making excuses. Right. And, you know, the woman's sitting there saying, oh, you don't think women talk like this to each other? And you don't think women think about this? And you're like, because you're not, you're, you're a guy, you know? Yeah, we all, we all got that. We all have that crooked side. Yeah. Yeah, You get that kick in your, in the teeth that like, wait a minute, you know, what? It's you think um, about sucking another guy's dick, <laughs> you fucking whore. Meanwhile, I thought that was the only dick. <laughs> you're sitting, yeah, you're sitting there thinking, what a fucking whore. But then in the meantime, when you're walking around the mall and you see like a hot chick walking by, you're like, God <laughs> damn it, I'd like to tap that. And you're telling your buddies, oh, did you see so-and-so at work? Man, she looked hot. Or you're coming home watching <laughs> porn and fucking you know, jacking off looking at some chick. 
And you know, then when you find out that your woman might be doing the same thing, you get all fucking. <laughs> that's weird. Um, Guys, I will weird. say Guys this are about it: douchebags. Kubrick had a uh, his casting his casting producer, whoever uh, casting director did. Uh, they had a look. They had a definite look they were going for because every woman in this movie is a fucking just piece of art. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of a uh, lot of hot broads in this one. Um, <laughs> The uh, <laughs> for my speak, spoken like a true dude. Yeah, the hot brats. The length of this movie put me off for a long time. The and I know I say that a lot. It's two hours forty minutes, mm-hmm. and going into this, it, it and it moves slow, but I was really surprised about how still like maybe it's because I was into it. Maybe I don't know. Mm. Um. Mainly what I found myself admiring was the, and this is probably typical of uh, Kubrick movies in general, but uh, just how it's constructed is, is, I mean, even simple shots moving through their apartment, the camera, like I couldn't imagine like setting up this shot that he did a static shot of Tom Cruise walking from one side of the room to another would have been would have been sufficient, but instead we're completely immersed. The camera is obviously on some sort of trolley or something, rolling through this apartment. Like, and it's not. I mean, it's not a huge apartment, but it's big for New York. Uh, but you know, we get almost every angle of their even their, you know, where they live with this camera kind of moving around, rolling around, um, and and it's it's that way. I'm I'm forever in awe of the way he moves his cameras, and there's it's just even simple things. Um, I wrote down the note, hello, Sally. And I don't remember what that is. <laughs> um, was, oh, you know, it was the time he went back to the prostitute's place. And, and it was, was her roommate. Her roommate, Sally, and there, his, his, her roommate was hot, too. And he's like, well, hello, Sally. Yeah, he, by that time, he was ready to rock and roll. He was ready to, and then he yeah. got kicked in the teeth on that one. Uh, <laughs> I thought Sally, Sally was like, I've got something important to tell you. I really thought, she's I was like, oh, shit, she, Yes, I thought Sally was going to say that the that uh, the prostitute was a man. <laughs> he would have fucking got a big grin across his face and been like, yeah. "God Yay. damn, see this big butt that I have." Tom Cruise has a big can, but uh, I, I just like <laughs> I just like how you you are given you're given you're given tons of information about the about the prostitute. You, you learn almost her complete story only by seeing her for a total of five minutes. You have the costume guy and there's some mystery there. You have a complete transparency of Kidman and, and Cruz and you see all the warts and all the obsession and all the arguments and all the, all the shit they go through. And then you have this 1% thing and there is not a damn thing answered about the whole thing. You're like, what the fuck is going on? And you never learn. And you almost feel at times you're like, I've got to know, I've, I, I want to know what the hell this is about. And the only answer you're given is, you know, like it might be real. It might be fake. Yeah. You know, there's no way to know, uh, which is pretty, pretty cool. It's, it, it kept me definitely, definitely interested. And then the, and then what we already touched on with the, the lighting in the movie, the Christmas lighting, the, uh, a lot of dark rooms as the, the jazz club is really cool. Like there's a really like red, uh, front hallway, the blue, there's a, the blue stage illuminated by neon lights. There's a lot of that kind of, uh, well lit scenery in it that I really appreciated too. 
uh, even some even as something as simple as a Christmas tree just lighting up a room, I thought was pretty. It looked pretty nice and almost dreamlike at times. So. This uh, I was just reading. This was in the Guinness Book of World Records as the longest constant movie shoot for over fifteen months, a period that included an unbroken shoot of forty six weeks. And wow. Kubrick died five days uh, after he submitted it. Yeah, right? he and it probably killed I, him. It's based on a book. <laughs> Um, Why am I laughing? <laughs> <laughs> He's dead. <laughs> it killed on, him. Tom Cruise it, killed the uh, fucking what's his face? Yeah, Kubrick. It's based on um, a book, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Which which Kubrick read like thirty years prior Dream to story. Yeah. Well, he said said something about he wanted Woody Allen to play the uh, protagonist at one. Now that would be point. a weird movie. Jewish protagonist. <laughs> um, I still, knowing, and this is kind of a goofy thing to bring up, and I'm not trying to be a fucking douche any more than usual, um, but knowing at the time, like when you had J-Lo and fucking Ben Affleck with the Benifer shit and all that shit, at this time, Cruz and Kidman were like that. They were yeah. all over the news. They were this huge power couple, uh, and it, but it, it when you heard when you hear and have heard all the rumors and the speculation about Cruz and his sexuality and stuff like that, uh, when you watch this movie and that's plugged into it, yeah. and like I said, there is a scene where Cruz and Kidman are um, like you said, they don't really have like uh, where they have a full blown sex scene, but there is a scene where they start, you know, where I don't know if it was the flashback scene. No, it's not a flashback, but there is a scene. I think it's when they play Baby Did a Bad Bad Thing by Chris Isaac. Mm -hmm. Baby Did a Bad Bad Thing. Um, she is distant. Like he's like kissing her and stuff, and she's like looking off. She's looking at herself in the mirror. Yeah. yeah. And not only that, but like I said, when, when, when Cruz is walking down the street, the guys bump into him and they're like, hey, faggot. You know, yeah. what are you going to go suck somebody's cock or something like that? You plug in all that stuff um, of about Cruz that people speculate on. Then it wasn't that long after this fucking movie was made that they fucking they went kaput. They split <laughs> up. Um, it just adds something more to it. I don't know what it is. That's one of the reasons when I'm watching it, I'm like, man, I can't believe that Cruz allowed him to do this or to do that. Or because there's no, to me, Honest to God, there's no sexual chemistry at all between those two. When they were having that love, and maybe Kubrick, but that might just be me being played by Kubrick. He did it the way he did it because of the content of the movie. But when yeah. I'm watching it, I'm thinking, God, there's just no chemistry at all. You there's know, just as much chemistry between them as uh, between her and me as, with me looking at a photo of her right now on... <laughs> On Google, it's like she's looking right at me, man. Trying too tell. hard, and she's like, if it came out like uh, twenty years from now that Cruz was gay and that Nicole Kidman is a lesbian, wouldn't surprise me one fucking bit, because <laughs> they they just acted like you know, like what I think, and I think other than the orgy scene, like I said, the uncut orgy scene has some fucking pretty. I mean, like people fucking doggy style and sucking yeah, people's yeah. dicks and everything like that and everything. But between Cruz and Kidman, if you expected like Mickey or uh, Mickey Rourke and Kim Basinger or something pouring honey on each other, it was not. It was about. It was just like cold fish, you know. It was like yeah, fuck. Yeah. But that's like well, I said, what he was going for. I'm sure. Yeah. 
Let's get into our ratings. Yeah. I'll give this one. I really like this. I've seen it a lot. I give it an 8.5. This is my first time, and uh, it's one of those that's going to bear rewatching also, I think. Kubrick um, is just, I mean, anything that Kubrick does, he was was amazing. He was kind of a weird person in real life uh, as far as, you know, just being... Having his thing, his, his own obsessions and yeah. stuff. So but maybe, yeah, um, fucking awesome. Maybe uh, this would probably really look really good on Blu-ray. I don't have this on Blu-ray, but you know what? But what was weird was if if Kubrick had lived a little bit longer, mm-hmm. um, and this movie wouldn't have been made, then we could have gotten Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes in this movie. Uh, looking at me like, why are you laughing like that, you fucking? <laughs> cool. Uh, so good ratings there. Let's uh, let's take a break and we'll come back and review Gremlins, one you'd never seen. Yes. Uh, we'll be right back. Ahoy, mateys. This is K A B Antonio Bay. Stevie Wayne here beaming a signal across the sea. I'll be here playing music all through the witching hour. I'm still waiting to hear from that weatherman. But in the meantime, stay here with me. Be sure to visit our sponsor, Paracinema Magazine. They're the source for all your genre movie needs. Check them out online at paracinema.net. Tell them Stevie sent you. Keep me turned on for a while, and I'll do my best to do the same for you. The smooth sound. Fabulous. Who chose any of these songs? I, I'm sorry about that. And it's it's been a couple weeks sorry since that I they chose pulled them. Him. No. Yeah. Who's that? This is King Diamond. Uh, never heard of them. All right. Gremlins. Our next movie. Zom, would you like to synopsize? Need some music while I wait for you to find it. All right. Gremlins, 1984. Gremlins. Synopsize. I'm popping my pants down. 
<laughs> For some reason, I brought it up on uh, Wikipedia instead of on the IMDb. Maybe you can cobble one together. A from there. boy inadvertently breaks three important rules concerning his new pet and unleashes a horde of malevolently mischievous monsters on a small town. That's three M's there. Malevolently mischievous monsters. <laughs> so, Gremlins, now. Yeah. Get her done. Gremlins is. Not to not to totally spoil my review already. Gremlins is probably one of my all-time favorites. This movie is one that I must have just called it the perfect age because it has stuck with me for years and years and years. It's like Ghostbusters for me. Ghostbusters is another one. I've probably seen this movie fucking five hundred times. We really? it was one of the one of the few we've had on VHS from HBO or whatever back in the day. This and Ghostbusters and Empire Strikes Back and you know movies like that. And this is one that I've never managed to get tired of. Um, I watch it almost every Christmas now. <laughs> and uh, so it's kind of cool being able to let you know or let you see it, seeing as you had missed it initially. So so this probably came out when you were in high school, right? Yeah. And um, let's see. I, is when I graduated high school. Okay. So I was, let's see. When this would have come out, I guess I would have been uh, eight or nine. So it hit at a perfect time. And it's it's funny seeing this now because this was a PG movie. And PG thirteen was not a rating at that time at this time. Yeah. And I realized as I'm watching it, it's you know, it's something you kind of take for granted because you've seen it so many times, but um Jane had not seen this in a long time and she watched it with me this time. And as she's watching it, the the a common quote for her was, How is this a kid's movie? Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> Um, I don't think it really is, is it? Well, that's the thing. It was, I like I said, I saw it. You were a kid, but you know. I was, I was definitely a kid. I might have seen this in the theater, and I hardly saw any movies in the theater as a kid. My parents didn't take us to the fucking movies. But you mean your, your dad didn't say, hey, son, let's <laughs> I have I never, see a film? I've never once in my life been to the movies with my dad. What's uh, his favorite movie? I don't fucking know. We can, <laughs> we can. Uh, I mean, I can. I can remember all the movies I've seen with my mom and my, on, and that's that's how few we actually saw. I mean, with my mom, Pinocchio when it was re released in the eighties. That's a Ghostbusters fight club with my mom. Ooh, and then it's like a girl. She's. I haven't been fucked like that since the third grade. There's certain like, movies you don't want to see with a par- parental figure. Um, I saw. Terminator 2 with my mom. Oh. In the I saw theater. Triple X with fucking Vin Diesel with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even want, she just wanted to get away from my dad, and that was the only thing playing. Termi- Terminator 2 was the last movie I saw with my mom in the theater uh, when I was 16. I I Let's see. Gladiator with my mom, too. I saw Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi with my mom, but I was I was very young then. Five and seven usually if my dad goes with us he falls asleep like during the whole movie and then when he wakes up he'll sleep through the entire fucking movie and then he'll be like that movie wasn't worth a shit (laughs) how the hell would you know but when they when they brought this out there were toys galore fucking underoos underoos yeah there was a burger king tie did you have underoos I don't know if I, I don't think I ever had Gremlins underoos. I had, I was, it's funny, I was talking about underoos today. I had, I know I had Superman underoos 
and I had Yoda underoos of all things, and they were they were weird because they were like green and brown. They were they were not not very like they fun just kid colors. They were brown later. They were, they were swamp colored. <laughs> 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 not like I make my underwear now swamp colored for other reasons, but I, I just had fruit looms. <laughs> but the I don't even know they, what that means. Fruit of they, the looms. Fruit of the looms. That's, <laughs> the, that's like the the berries under the stem. <laughs> the fruit of the I guess the loom would be the cock and the balls would be the fruit. The loom fruit of the yeah yeah fruit I guess looms. so. <laughs> the um but there was a they they had a big Burger King tie-in and you saw a Burger King product placement in this briefly, um but they had these record books. Um, that they used to put out for movies, where they had a series of them. I think there were five, and it was like a it was a, it wasn't a forty five, but it was the size of a forty five, mm-hmm. but it was a thirty three record, mm-hmm. and it, it had a little picture book, like a storybook, along with it. And you would I had I had one for this. My I had Star Wars, but it was on tape. But I had the little records for this that I got at Burger King, and I fucking wore those things out. I when I wasn't watching this movie, I was listening to the damn record books. Well, I had um, the Star Wars uh, album, and it was it wasn't the soundtrack; it was the whole movie. You could just listen to the movie on an album. Yeah, well, this is kind of how the the tape was because it would tell you to turn the page. You'd be reading along with it, uh, and R two D two would make a noise when it was time to turn the page. It was kind of like those old ones, like the it would make that little like bring the bring yeah. sound when it was time to turn the page. Except bring. this one was R two D two, yeah. Um, so Gremlins. Now, yeah, this movie is still I, I, I love the gore in it. I crack up at the fucking uh, the scenes where you're supposed to laugh. They're so and and I gotta say, Joe Dante is the director, and Joe Dante, it's it's this is a a Joe Dante project through and through. This is his kind of thing. It's a it's a horror comedy, and the comedic elements in it are pretty dark, which I really appreciate. Even the scene which I've heard, and this is see again watching this as a with the kid. <sighs> boy, well, he also did Gremlins two, which honestly I think I've only seen Gremlins two a couple times. Must but he not have been burbs. very good then. The bur- well, it was just, it's a, it's a lot different. It's a it's a lot more even more tongue in cheek than this one is. Um, he did uh, Explorers, which is has some dark elements certainly, but that's I, I loved that movie when I was a kid. He did Piranha, which is a which has comedic elements. He did The Howling, which even at some point has comedic stuff. He did he's an uncredited director of Rock and Roll High School. Hmm. Um, but he's a uh, he was a. Uh, uh, a Corman, Roger Corman protege. Um, he came out of that and uh, out of the Corman school and learned his craft by making, you know, Corman type movies. Do you think he's better than Ronnie Howard? <sighs> if Ron Howard did Gremlins, would it have been different? It would have been different. Uh, Ron Ron Howard. I'm, you know, I, I'm hard pressed to think of any Ron Howard comedies. Can you think of any? Um, Opie Cunningham. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, know. I don't even know about the Um But uh, Joe Dante has a sometimes kind of not perverse. I was going to say perverse. It's not really perverse sense of humor. It's more. I mean, but it's just kind of like a twisted, maybe. Yeah, and this this movie is that through and through. Um, the 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 Mogwai and the the Gremlins themselves are some pretty cool special effects. They use a lot of practical effects in this. 
there's really only I mean there's obviously no not nothing in the way of computer and there's really only one scene where they show kind of like stop motion animation which looks a little dodgy but you know what it was <laughs> but uh, it, it worked for what it was it's a brief scene but uh, it's all done with puppetry and kind of like robotic type things and I was getting on Jane's nerves as we were watching it because uh, they would show Gizmo doing having different reactions to things and he'd have like a pissed off face or he'd have like a hurt face or uh uh whatever and i would always from certain angles you're like oh that's a new head on the doll you know <laughs> I, would, I would point it out that's got to be a new head on the doll because the face just changed too much and then they would show close-ups of where that was actually like the animatronic face where it would the eyes would move around the mouth would move in different uh you know contort into different positions and stuff like that and my brother and I used to just crack up at certain parts of this VHS that we wore out when it would show like up close gizmo. And we, we thought he just looked completely just drunk, like drunk gizmo. We'd, we'd just rewind it and watch his like drunk face over and over again. But um, so in this movie, you have uh, uh, inventor uh, Peltzer. What's his first name? Ron, the dad's name. Can never oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hoyt Axton, Randall, Rand, Randall, Pe- yeah, Randall yeah. Peltzer, and it's funny. I know Hoyt Axton was like a country music singer and all this stuff. This is the only thing I can ever remember him from. He's got a fantastic voice. He narrates the movie, and he's pretty the, fucking good in this. He's, yeah. I mean, for you know, in a comedy role, he's pretty good. So he plays this inventor whose whose uh, inventions never quite work. As intended, that always, was fucking the, that whole running <laughs> thing was pretty funny because his always family the, stuck with it. I guess yeah, they always it. make the same noise. They always make noise, and then you know something's you're ready to fuck up. Like he's got the thing that deals the cards, and it's like just starts shooting out the cards, and <laughs> he's got the he's got the uh, the the bathroom buddy that spits shit out on him all yeah, the fucking time. Pasted uh, that big the thing smoke that was, looked like a goddamn giant Swiss Army knife, but it was as big as a brick. <laughs> Yeah, that, could you imagine trying to shave or brush your teeth with that goddamn thing? Um, <laughs> He's a smokeless, big, burly dude too. Yeah, the the smokeless ash, smokeless ashtray, which was pretty funny. That it's and and what's cool about it is these gags come back in the movie too. I don't know if there there's some rule of comedy that says that. What what is that? Where it's like returning to a joke. You don't you don't want to return too many times. You got to return to it just enough. And they do that throughout this movie because, well, like take like the swords for instance. They have these swords next to the door. First time you see them, Billy is walking through the door and you see a sword fall off. They, it's these two cross swords. It's almost like a family crest type thing. And one falls off and it's, you can tell it happens a lot because he just stops. His mom's talking from the other room. He just stops, picks up the sword, puts it back on the wall. Uh, then another time, dad comes home. Nobody's in the room. You don't, you just hear him come in and you hear the sword actually <laughs> fall off the wall. <laughs> and then the, then the payoff with the sword at the, you know, using it in, what would have been where what I told Jane, I was like, watch this, watch this. This is nightmare fuel right here <laughs> with the gremlin head in the fire. But, um, so you have uh, Randall Peltzer who is a traveling inventor slash salesman. He's trying to, he's trying to sell his invention somewhere. Um, the bathroom buddy is his current one. And, uh, he's at the same time, he's trying to find a Christmas present for his son. Now the, uh, the son, <laughs> The son is played by Zach Galligan. He plays Billy Peltzer. Now, it says in the synopsis, it says kid or whatever. 
But this guy is obviously, I don't know if he's a boy. (laughs) Yeah, he works works in a bank, so he can't be that young. He's got to be fucking at least in his mid-20s. He drives. uh, He knows how to work on his own car. So... I don't know how how boy he actually is. He's like a now, year younger than me, so he ain't he, no boy no more. <laughs> he acts like a boy. I'll yeah, certainly say yeah, that. Yeah. I like uh, who the fuck. What what bank would you ever work in? Would let you bring your dog in and just <laughs> that's kind of stupid. So um, Randall Peltzer, uh, he comes across this old racist Chinese shop with, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the old sage and his, his grandson, um, his grandson's trying to bring in business and, you know, you got to get the, the guy with the Fu Manchu and the long pipe, uh, <laughs> with Mogwai comes much responsibility. You know that, um, <laughs> why is that racist? I don't understand. It probably isn't, I mean, but you know, I mean, it's a little, it's a little cliche. Yeah. 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 But, uh, so he he you know, he's trying he's trying to sell this guy on the bathroom buddy, um, and uh, in the meantime hears the the singing this weird kind of high pitched singing and he goes and checks out this little monster I guess in a wooden box yeah oh no and, no it was like <laughs> it's nice and he uh, well he you know. He wants to buy it, and the old guy's like, "Well, hell no, Whitey. You know you're." Uh, <laughs> no, he no didn't say that. Why are you bringing all this? <laughs> you're putting racist shit into it. Well, he well he brings it up at the end. He's like, "Your society is too blah blah blah." You know, he well, he, he separates wrong. himself too. Um, well, no, he's not. But uh, you know, Grandpa doesn't want to sell this thing because you know, like I said, with Mogwai comes much responsibility, and this 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 fat suburbanite is uh, <laughs> certainly going to ruin things. For every for everybody, so, um, but the uh, the kid uh, the kid runs out because you know Granddad needs money. Uh, Pelcher leaves and uh, he's back out on the street. Kid runs after him. You know, oh Granddad, he's just crazy. You know, here I'll take your two hundred bucks. You can have this thing, <laughs> but just remember, don't get them wet. They hate water. Got to be got to be dark. Sunlight will kill them, and don't feed them after midnight. And all these rules are a little silly because you got to wonder. Does a does a Mogwai give themselves a cat bath, and how the fuck do they drink? Like, how do they not dehydrate? Um, and isn't you know isn't every single time of the day in a way after midnight? So when does it when does the cutoff stop? When the sun comes up, or they don't really get into that. But whatever. It's um, what this what this movie is is really almost like a spoof of a movie like The Blob or one of these fifties horror movies except what's what is brilliant about it to me is they set up this like it's a wonderful life town and they even they i mean i don't know if this is a budgetary thing or what but they even set it up obviously on a set you know the snow is not real um the streets look like a set and that's what i really liked about it but you got this like 50s town but you've got these 80s themes. You see fucking Burger King, like I said. You've got the evil bank. You've got Judge Reinhold playing a yuppie. You've got, uh, you got Mr. Futterman, the, the, the Reaganomics teabagger that lives next door that hates <laughs> everything foreign. Goddamn foreign cars. That's his, that's his, his slogan. But, uh, and that's what I, I just, I was, now as an adult, it's like, that's what I appreciate. I mean, when I was a kid, I wanted to see the fucking gremlin blow up in the microwave and, and you know stuff like that, but the you know now I, I I just like different things about it. 
Um, you know, you get a few gags in it. You get the you get the the orange juice gag, which I thought was funny. Uh, you know, he puts one orange juice in and the fucking like there's a geyser of <laughs> one orange in the in the juicer and a fucking geyser comes out of it. Um, you've got uh, you've, you've got the, the coffee maker that spits out like chocolate syrup. <laughs> I mean, it makes the noise every time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is like my dick used to make when I was young. <laughs> and it starts shooting shit out, shooting weird shit out. Oh, yeah. Pew, 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 pew. And another good, another cool thing about this is all the tie-ins, and you can really see Joe Dante's like kind of reverence and like obsession with film in this. Uh, there's not only the just the the look and the feel, and the 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 making not really making fun of, but almost paying homage to these cheesy '50s movies with their impossible rules and their sweet town. But you've got sweet. Uh, Gizmo's always watching TV. Um, you have him watching like the movie to please a lady with Clark, Clark Gable. Like what, the, what was the line? And that guy needs a certain kind of dame. <laughs> that one comes back in it. Dame. Um, they, they watch invasion of the body snatchers right before the famous, you know, the, the, uh, the pod scene. So, um, <sighs> Billy in pretty quick fashion, he gets the, his dad brings home the, the Mogwai. Um, and he doesn't, Billy's a yeah, an, an idiot and doesn't really like the name Mogwai. So, but uh, Dad has already given him the name Gizmo. I guess kind of named after his inventions. Um, and that's his Christmas present. You got to turn down the lights. Got to use the remote. Uh, the remote actually worked that time. So, the remote for the lights. But uh, <laughs> these fucking remotes—they're giant. They're like <laughs> my iPad is smaller than these remotes, <laughs> and they have to pull out the remote. They have to pull out the antenna every time. They were thick. Answer the phone too. But uh, <laughs> you have, um, you know, Billy within, I think, a day has already broken all the fucking rules of the gremlins of the uh, of the Mogwai. No, um, Corey, Corey Feldman comes over and he's looking at uh, he's he's I checking out Gizmo for the first time. It's, that was a weird friendship, too. Yeah. He was friends. He was friends with uh, a guy who's a lot older. It had to have been a lot older. They just really don't say how old he is in the movie, but he works at a fucking bank. He drives. Maybe he's only supposed to be like 16 or 17. He's but, but would a 16 or 17-year-old be a teller at a bank? Uh, you never know. Now, I read somewhere that, you know, back to the, real quick to the um, It's a Wonderful Life story, is that there's a character from the movie that's shown in this. He's a, It's in uh, Mrs., Mrs., or what's her name? The The bitchy woman. Oh shit! Hell, I don't remember now. Uh, she Futterman. was a cunt. Yeah, you got Futterman Deagle, Mrs. Deagle. That the the picture of her father on the wall was the, like the Potter from "It's a Wonderful Life," which I saw for the first time this year. I still haven't seen it. Really? Yeah. Oh, you need to see that. Yeah. Um. Maybe I will. Yeah. So the I you know, don't the, know. That's kind of sappy. It's good. It really is. Um, uh, Klutzy Fellman gets the <laughs> he gets the Mogwai wet, and new Mogwais take shape. And this is uh, later in the movie. Jane mentioned, "Why well, aren't there any girl gremlins?" I was like, "Well, I guess they're asexual. They take, they get they reproduce by just getting wet, so <laughs> they don't have to they don't have to have male or female, even though they all look like dudes, really, except for the one car, uh, kind of cross dresser one." <laughs> <laughs> cross dresser. <laughs> Um, 
the uh, but then they you know, the through through various mischievous means the the they get fed after midnight, and um, that causes them to turn into these pods, and that's where they show the kind of the parallel of of uh, invasion of the body snatchers with these pods opening, but. Um, the you really get some of the horror elements of it here in the center of the movie with with you know the 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 initial pods opening there's the the mystery of what's going on the teacher from god i've seen him in a lot of things uh shit i don't remember his name either he was in that he was in that he was the math teacher in a fucking different world that i watched like the, the cosby show spinoff hmm. <clears throat> but um i never never watched cosby show or Different world, so I'm no help with that. Um, but there's a that's, a that's a great shot scene with the strobe effect as this as the gremlin's hands is reaching for that apple, and that was another scene we always cracked up at when the gremlin would eat the apple, and then you'd he, he'd go he'd he, they always say yum yum when they'd reach for food, but then he reaches for a, a fucking test tube, and you hear him yum yum, and he eats it, and then you like hear him get pissed and run <laughs> run out of the room after he eats glass, but um. They got the scene that probably uh, would have earned this movie a PG-13 had it been out at the time with uh, when the gremlins hatch at home. You got mom, uh, the ever-resourceful mom. She's a fucking trooper in this. Yeah, that was she my take, favorite part. <laughs> she takes she, out some gremlins, man. She took, We got those two knives and like, you know, you would think normally that the mom would either just get devoured real quick or would run away and she goes into combat mode. Which is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, we got a blender, a fucking stabbing death. You got the explosion in the microwave. Um, fucking oops. If it wasn't for the Christmas tree, she would have taken out four of them, yeah, I think. Yeah. The Christmas tree kind of like gave an unfair advantage. So what you have now, basically, you got these cute little mogwai. Now, they're not really all that cute because they're kind of assholes after they're born, but Gizmo's still <laughs> cute. They all, they all look cute. And you got Stripe, the leader. He's kind of the alpha male. Um, and they call him Stripe because he has a mohawk. But... um <clears throat> and they were playing this little Donkey Kong game. I I still have. I was in the attic the other day getting some shit down, and I still have the tabletop version of Pac-Man, the exact same that came out at the same time as Donkey Kong. They had Donkey Kong, Pac-Man, and Frogger, and I had the Pac-Man game that I played a shitload when I was a kid. But they were playing the Donkey Kong game, and 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 Stripe spits a big hawker on the floor right in front of Gizmo. Gizmo <laughs> looks all excited, playing a trumpet, and the dog's sitting next to him. And that dog was cute. I like scruffy dogs, but Barney. But um, he spits a big hawker on the like loogie on the carpet. It's pretty disgusting, and that was a that was a cool thing I liked about that. The the stri- they even gave this puppet essentially a, a mannerisms and and a, and a character. You know, he had the mohawk, which which would have been enough. But he's very snotty. Uh, like he's spitting the loogies. Like there's a scene where he's like uh. right. He escapes out of a window. He wipes his nose on a his. He's got like a runny nose. He wipes it on a on a. a uh, curtain. You hear him sneeze a couple times. Like I thought that was a like. It's not something they had to do, but it it gave a nice little twist to that. Um, but yeah, the uh, the 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 scene that whole scene with mom was pretty gory. Uh, <laughs> surprisingly so. Um, uh, you know, capped off by the head in the to- in the in the the the, the fireplace. So. <laughs> um, there's a funny line with these sheriffs later on where the sheriffs like. You hear you hear him off in the distance. Uh, the the deputy says, "You always get to drive," and you, the sheriff says, "That's because I'm the sheriff, asshole." 
I thought that was pretty funny. Uh. But the um, <laughs> <laughs> come on. Uh, but the, one of the one of the funniest scenes for me. Now my my favorite funny. scene All right, in tell the me movie, the funniest one. The my favorite funny scene. I love the bar scene. I think the bar scene. I just crack up every time I watch it. You got the, you had the the, the running the gambit of of just Looney Tunes almost. You got the one like uh, they play some like uh, I don't know what that music was called. The Olivia Newton John type stuff. The workout music. Oh, let's you know? get physical. Yeah, yeah. They play that. You got so you got the the gremlin with the short half shirt and the leg warmers exercising in the floor. They somebody puts on one of the gremlins puts on uh, kind of this jazzy music, and you have like the noir gremlin kind of sitting there going boop a doo. It's sitting off to the side, and you have the annoying one with the puppets right beside of him, and then he fucking hits him with a mallet of all things. It's like totally absurd. Um, but the uh, I I really laugh at the scene when the the sheriffs are discovering um, first they see Mrs. Deagle fly, <laughs> fly out of the house, like her legs sticking up in the air, but you have, they're kind of discovering that this town's just going to shit. And I love the scene when <laughs> you hear this guy screaming and fucking Santa Claus runs through this front yard and there's gremlins all over, him, <laughs> just like mauling him. And the deputy sheriff says, Jesus, Frank, that's Dave Myers. He's does Santa every year. And this guy's like, ah, ah. and instead of helping him, they just roll up the window and, <laughs> and drive off on this poor bastard. Um, but, uh, I love that scene. But um, then you got the bar scene, the jazzy, like the, well, the one gremlin that sticks his finger in a fucking light socket and steam comes out of his ears. I love the scene at the movie theater where they're all singing together, <laughs> fucking swinging from the rafters and stuff. It's just it, it gets silly and they're just like have a party uh, in this little <laughs> 50s town and it's just out of this movie just a lot of fun to me uh, it's 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 gory it's got good horrific elements but it's just it's it makes me laugh too so and it's got I mean huge huge nostalgia value for me so nostalgia and this is so this is your first time seeing it yeah. now as a as a grown person this is I, I'm interested to hear what you thought of it it's all right <laughs> <laughs> It was a. Like the the bar scene that you were talking about, Uh I was like, "Oh my god, this is so bad." Uh, Um, that it's just like just just because okay, they're fucking gremlins and they're goddamn come out like you pour water on them and the fucking one just. You know, does it on purpose to make more grumbles. Yeah. And but goddamn it, I mean, okay, so suddenly they're fucking, you know, they're created and they know all this shit, like smoking cigarettes and acting. <laughs> I mean, it was it was absurd. I mean, but I yeah. mean, I know it's supposed to be. You know, that's yeah. fine. And um, I don't know that that scene right there. Just it was just like, oh god, this is bad. The only funny, the, and I don't even know if I thought it was funny was like Phoebe Cates was trying to still be the bartender, like in like <laughs> take that, which was also very absurd. Um, so she worked at the bank and it was a bartender. Yeah, she's always a plus in anything. Because um, the whole time I'm sitting there watching, I was like, my god, look how young she was, and oh god, uh, <laughs> but. I liked Hoyt Axton. Yeah. I thought he was really good uh, as the big, you know, kind of, 
it, he and Joe Don Baker should have made a movie like where they were like brothers or something. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I I didn't see it like a, like you said when you were younger. You saw it and yeah. whatever. I I didn't see it back then. And the one part. Okay, no, I shouldn't say the one part, but the one part that I really was like, holy shit, was when the when the mom went into attack mode with the two knives, yeah, yeah. and I thought that was really cool because I didn't expect that at all. I thought she would be a total wimp and everything. Um, <laughs> but it just, I don't know. It just kind of, I'm glad I saw it because uh, it's like a classic and I've never seen it. Yeah. But it just didn't, uh, I, I, I appreciated the the darkness and the how wacky it was for like you said like a kids movie yeah but it just kind of it 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 for me it walks it walks such a good line it's it's a it's an adult kids movie or a kids adult movie yeah and it 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 it, it, i love the reference it makes to the type of movie it is the the 50s monster mm. movie i thought it was really well done and it, it it's it's perfectly transplanted from the 50s into the 80s it's an 80s movie that feels 50s which i thought was really well done yeah i mean it's it, i mean i watched the whole thing it kept me it kept me in it but there a lot of some of the i liked the the hoyt axton's uh fucking shitty inventions and i liked that thing <laughs> like that but the 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 grim the actual gremlins part just didn't do it for me. Is it got too? If they would have just been like really fucking cruel, mean monsters or whatever, which they were, it would have worked better for me. But when the, like when they're sitting there in the movie theater and they're fucking putting on like all the, you know, it it just it got so silly. With that, that I mean, it was just kind of like, eh. I mean, but that's probably the kids' part, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I, that's they're watching Snow White. Yeah. And they love it. Yeah. <laughs> they were. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah. Fucking a. Fucking <laughs> a. I, I just, I mean, I, I'm just being honest. It was all right. I mean, it just, you old sourpuss. It just didn't work for me that much. That's like E.T. I've never seen E.T. But Fuck, don't watch it. You're going to fucking shit I'll on it and break my heart. Totally, because they had it at t- the only two theaters we had showed it for about goddamn an entire year straight, so we didn't get any new movies. And I, but No, I just, I don't know. It didn't work for me that much. It's just not my thing. I like Phoebe Cates. How about her story about her dad? I don't care about her dad. <laughs> no, not in real life. I mean in the movie, <laughs> which is which I didn't realize when I was younger, but apparently that's supposed to be a comedic scene too because it's, it's so like absurd. three weeks ago that I watched this. Give me a refresher uh, memory. Dad, well, she telling the story while they're stuck in the bank of her dad getting stuck in the chimney one Christmas oh, Eve. Oh, yeah, yeah, because he was so fucking stupid. <laughs> now, there ain't no chimney alive. That that's that that's one thing. I mean, I know Santa Claus is fucking all bullshit, and uh, and and he's white, but um, uh, <laughs> it, 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 chimneys are not that fucking goddamn big and wide. No, you couldn't get a little kid down through a chimney, let alone a fucking. Uh, that's why he fell and broke his neck. Yeah, okay, there you go. Died instantly. He did. <laughs> that was that was the comedy part. It was. I was it's supposed to be. I, that's what I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> that it's so absurd that that's why you know 
that story she's telling is supposed to even be funny. No, but I could see like if I would have went and seen this as a kid, I probably would have fucking chuckled or whatever. But I and I'm telling you what, I think if I would if you were fucking smoking a fucking big fatty, that Ooh. it would probably be really fucking funny. I but, need to try that. I've never seen that one. Oh, really? In the green. I've never seen this movie in the green. No. <laughs> in the green. It sounds like that Powers <laughs> Booth movie where he was trying to find his son in the rainforest. <laughs> in the green. green hell. or No, what was Green Hell? There was one called Green Hell. That was probably one of those uh, cannibal movies. But anyway, it was all right. I mean, like I said, it's just not like a, you know, a, what's this notification? Um, it was amusing, but it just kind of, you know. I, see never watch it. It I can see what they were going for, and I appreciate it. I mean, I'm not going to rate it like a goddamn two or anything. You know, it was maybe a three. Yeah, <laughs> two seven five. <laughs> um, but you what know. do you rate it? Huh? What do you rate it? For me, honest to God, uh, just right down the middle, probably like a five. Five. Yeah. I. I give this movie a nine point five. Well, there you go. It is it is near flawless for me. I just I, I really like it. Uh, it's uh, it's one of my favorites. Love it. There you go. Fuck it. That's I'm giving it a ten. I'm giving it a ten. I love you, Gremlins. Are I'm you gonna watch it again? Now you give it a ten. Did you Fuck like it I'm better than Groundhog Day? Um, nah, no, no. I, I probably like them equally. Although I I can watch either one of those over and over again. Because you wouldn't give. Um, Planes, trains, and automobiles a ten. I think I did give that a ten. I no, didn't you did. Give, uh, you said that you didn't like it. As, your excuse for not giving it a ten was you didn't like it as much as Groundhog Day. I like Gremlins better than I like Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Okay. Well, yeah, it's your prerogative. I'm sure Will will like you more. Yay! And I'm his a friends, all his friends. Sweet. All right, let's take a break and do some feed sack. We got to wrap the show up. It's long. All right, we'll be all right. Act stupid. <laughs> There are a lot of podcasts out there that do science fiction, horror, and fantasy movies, but how many of them are done by somebody who's been watching this shit for <laughs> half a century? Hi, my name's Terry Frost, and I do the Martian Driving Podcast, a podcast where I look at silent films all the way through to movies from the second decade of the 21st century. I look at fantasy, horror, and science fiction, and talk about them, sometimes with the guests, sometimes Whoops. by myself, but always with an eye to the stuff that maybe has slipped off your radar, if it was ever on your radar. So go to marsdrivein.blogspot.com or type Martian Drive-In Podcast into iTunes and enjoy a bit of decent genre talk. And keep watching the skies. Yeah. All right. Let's 
turn that off. And so we got a couple weeks to catch up on, but guess what? We didn't get a lot. Um, why don't I? <laughs> hey, what? I think I caught you saying feed sack is stupid at the be- at the beginning of that. No, I think that you're making that up. What? Um, so Rolf or Rolf? Yeah, Rolf wrote um, feed the sack deer silver and gold. You motherfuckers, silver and gold. Gotta be honest, was disappointed at first as I expected Henry Silva to actually be on the show and wondered about his fart problems until I realized that Mr. Silva isn't probably the Silva. Sounded more like that guy who calls the GG and TMC all the time while taking a dump. Well, I got used to that guy and have to say you guys do a very fine show, especially as you cover two of my favorite topics, wrestling and porn. Yes. Guys and girls selling their body, same business, same fun. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, putting one's fist in someone's ass or in someone's face, same thing, right? Well, let me get serious here. I grew up watching WWF on German television, which sucked ass. We were about a month behind, as there wasn't any internet back then. It didn't matter much. It didn't matter that much until I found out that I could watch on British TV also, and was only two weeks behind then. So I could drag, uh, I could brag in school about having the latest news about who did become the new IC champ, world champ, tag team champ. So many belts. Uh, good times. <laughs> um, <laughs> man, I ate this like rosemary olive oil stuff for dinner and then fucking burping it up like crazy. Uh, good times. First question. Are Bobby Heenan and Ric Flair related? About the same age, same hair, same attitude. They would have been an awesome tag team. Maybe they could have called themselves white or blonde trash. Next question. As, <laughs> as many tried, which wrestler do you think gave the best performance in a movie? You covered Hogan, but come on. No, not him. He's awful. Uh, for me, it's Terry Funk and Over the Top. Great appearance. Yeah, he was, a, yeah, he was like a, a bodyguard in that. Always standing Cole in the back... Kiriani in The Killing, which was a Stanley Kubrick movie. Oh, what? Well, yeah. And what about the Stanley Stanlaus Zabisco in the one we covered? The um, yeah. what was the name of that? Night of Night in uh, Fuck. I can't Night remember. in the City. Night in the City. Yeah. Um, great appearance. Always There's- standing in the background, covering his testicles with both hands, like he had to pee, and one time pushing Sly around. Good stuff. Piper wasn't too bad and they live. Oh, Piper's going to be up there too. But I like Piper a lot in these movies. Um, second topic, third question, porn. I heard today that Sheen, the younger dude, not the old one, picked up another porn star. What is it about that guy that he will rob all lesbian porn stars? Fuck him. First breathe, then Georgia, now Brett. Turning them straight is sad, but at least he could have helped them getting in the movie business. Maybe Georgia could have snorted some coke off Faye Reagan's tits in Wall Street 3. But nope, so is Sheen really that <laughs> So is Sheen really that attractive or are those girls really that dumb? I mean, the guy looks like shit looks now. Ridiculous. Yeah, he <laughs> looks like an old fucking ugly just ugh. Um I don't know what the so, fuck. Well, yes, I'm just jealous, I guess. I want to end off this mail if you're still reading with some praise. Covering planes, trains and automobiles actually made me come. Wow. Uh, this one has been one of my favorite movies of all time for two decades now. It's a perfect Christmas uh, movie for folks who don't celebrate Thanksgiving like us Germans. Everything you do on Thanksgiving, we do at Christmas. <clears throat> I've been around a lot in podcast land, but you guys are the first I know who covered this gem. I watched it more often than any other movie, discovering new gags all the time, like 
like in the airport scene when Dell when Dell and Neil are waiting for their plane and suddenly some guy called Neil Pitbull Burger. It's it's called on speakers. Hilarious. <laughs> Pitbull Burger. I didn't I've never even heard that. Uh my brother and I used to reenact many scenes at our dinner table. Dylan Baker's intro being our favorite one. Our parents didn't like that much though. Well, uh, well, keep on the good work, you mothers. Love your show. Rolf Ut or Raus is German for, for out. <laughs> P.S. Raus, if, my, Raus. If, if my English sucks, it's because your reading skills suck. And then he wrote again. He said, damn, I fucked it up. Please replace you motherfuckers with sons of bitches in my first line of the, the mail. I tried to be funny and cool by referencing your great catchphrase on the first eps and failed miserably. Sorry about that. Which is funny because we actually did say, you motherfucker, you son of a bitch. So we did say both. So you're good. You're good. Yeah, but he's like like four weeks behind because <laughs> he's in Germany. But if he listens to the English version of the from podcast. Britain, yeah, it, then it's only two weeks. All right. Let me get to... Me What's get wrong to... with that son of a bitch? Uh, all right. Feed sack. Yeah. Hey, there you go. I know if you guys have, I can see, but I'm going to be in the UK. Yeah, in Britain. To talk to all my British men, you know? And, uh, you know, I just wanted to let everybody know this is going on. You know, tickets are set up fast, you know. The ticket price is not at four and a half million dollars <laughs> or pounds or whatever it is. Pounds. It's fucking, that's like, that's like a lot of dollars, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, tickets are not at that price, you know. But I want to let everyone know that those tickets are four and a half million pounds. They've sold out already, you know. So, you know. And to be honest, if you bought those tickets, you're a meat boy, you know? You won't even get to see Sly. That's so cheap, those tickets. Now, the next band of tickets are 8 million pounds, you know? <laughs> that's, a, that's a more reasonable price to pay. You're, you're still not a greatest mm-hmm, Sly mm-hmm. fan, but, you know, you're, you're getting there. And ticket prices go all the way up to $1 billion each. <laughs> you know, there's still a few of those left. There's still a few of all the tickets left, you know? So make sure you get those in time for, like... Just do it now, you know. The things are uh, 11th of January in London. Just look it up, you know. Just look up London January. It'll be number one Google on there, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there's a, there's a special offer for all my fans at Silver Gold, you know. I'm, Ooh. If you say that you listen to Sly on Silver Gold, I will reduce the ticket cost by 5,000 pounds, yeah. Nice. That's right. You know, you pay. You would pay $1 billion for the most expensive ticket. But you say you listen to Silver Gold, that price will be reduced by 5,000 pounds. That's a lot of cash, you know? That's a lot of out of my pocket. So, yeah, don't say Sly doesn't have a do anything for his fans, you know? You, But, yeah, I can't wait to see you, you guys. You know, again, it's another, another perfect opportunity to get a, a Christmas present. Or if you don't celebrate Christmas, just a present, you know? Who wouldn't want to see Sly, you know? I guarantee you're going to see my muscles, my face. You know, maybe those people who paid a billion dollars might even get to see my dick, you know. Whoa. I'm not promising anything there, you know. It all depends on the on the laws and all that kind of shit. You know, I'm probably going to be working out. I'm talking about fucking cigars and experimental movies and all that shit, you know. It's going to be good times, you know, good times. Ugh. 
I don't, I don't know about you, Zom, but I have already booked a flight just for this event. I've been saving up. I, this is why I've skipped Horror Hound for two years. I've been saving up to see Sly in London. Well, there you go. I, well, you know. Well. I'll let you know how it is. All right, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Next. Oh, boy, this might be a big one. Next feed sack. That's what she oh, said. Oh, yeah. Oh, Stand Count Steve Austin just wanted to call in and say that he loved your Santos Mel Mascaris double feature with uh, that Al Goro fellow who sounds like a wonderful chap. A chap. Now, two things I wanted to talk about. First, I wanted to address that little some bitch weasel named Cinemascus Justin. First off, your little friend not liking classic wrestling, where he can go fuck himself, and when Stone Cold gets a hold of him, he's going to teach me a lesson about classic wrestling by hitting him with a star. <laughs> and then, you being such a kiss ass and a little bitch, uh, I'm going to come down to your house, Justin, and I'm going to hit you with a star. I'm throw up. Now, the Santo <laughs> and Mel Mastress. And these two guys, they were inspirational in my career, not just professional wrestling, but most importantly, into my acting career. You see, old Stone Cold, even when he was a part of the Hollywood Blondes, because he was a Hollywood Blonde, Hollywood was calling him up with movie gig after movie gig, saying, oh, Stallone and Schwarzenegger and some Van Damme Seagal motherfuckers, they're all drying out, the well's drying, ain't nobody giving a damn about them. We want some... You know, tough asshole, and we know you're a little bit of a Hollywood bra, but we can just tell if we shaved your head and get a couple beers in you, just like you would be. You'd be one ass-kicking son of a bitch for the big screen. Or the little screen, too, because people nowadays, they just want to get their movies instantly. So Stone Cold obliges, and he gives them direct-to-video. Even though he knows a few hundred theaters, he had the highest growth than some bitches since some James Cameron Avatar Titanic. I think the Titanic's record... Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Anyway, so still oh, going. Still going. I thought it was done. Ever since all the blondes, he's been planning to get into movies. So, and you know, ever since he was a kid, he's seen his little masterous uh, Saint Toe adventures. Uh, and yeah, so I started studying them, and I decided I'm going to finally start doing some movies. You know, so I'm whipping some ass in the ring, because I didn't want to have to juggle both. I know my fans, they would want to see as much Stone Cold as possible, but you know, uh, I, know, I want to you know, hear as they much Stone Cold, Stone Cold as possible. Pro wrestling and the movie business and music business. You know, they just want me breaking all the records all the time and be a little bit too selfish. Stone Cold's not that selfish. So I was studying these some bitches, these wonderful some bitches. Sometimes, like when I call you guys some bitches, I mean that in a loving way. Like JR's my some bitch, you know? If yeah. I call you a little son of a bitch like Cinemaskis, that means you're in the good, you're in the bad. If I call you a some bitch, you're in the clear. Just want to clear that up because I love you two some bitches, Slum and Zamalo, and to an extent El Goro because of that wonderful episode. But now Austin's got to get back on track. He's been drinking a little beer and he's a little excited, so he gets a little off track a little, a little, little bit. You know, the, the hamster in the wheel goes, it goes all over the place. Anyway, so to prepare for my wonderful turn to films like The Expendables, Hunt to Kill, um, Damages, and The Package, you know, Steve <laughs> Austin, what he would do is he would watch his No Maskers and uh, Santos films. They would watch the, the raw emotion and the power and just the charisma and 
it just how much they demanded of the screen. Then Stone Cold turned that some bitch up ten notches and became the greatest actor of all time. No matter what, little son of a bitch, Matt Suzaka, or oh, I like to call Matt Suzaka, she was Stone Cold dead there. <laughs> he told you, I Matt Suzaka. I'm a Zaka. wonderful actor. I'm one of the best ever. <laughs> And you know what? I could be better, but I don't want to hold it back because I don't want to make everybody else look bad. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Oh, oh, oh. So what oh, Stone Cold's going to do, he's going to wish you guys a happy holidays and a Merry Christmas, because I'm PC. If you celebrate Hanukkah or Kwanzaa, that's all right by Stone Cold. But I celebrate. I'm going to go out and I'm going to go get a picture. I'm going to, like, I hunted that turkey for Thanksgiving. I'm going to go hunt a, a pig and I'm going to make a ham, a Christmas ham the old fashioned way. Oh, hell yeah, Merry fucking Christmas. What's the old fashioned way to make a Christmas ham? In a fire? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Next feed sack. <laughs> Hello, Silver and Gold. Hello. Hello, Bernie. This is your pal Bernie Sticky. Jason Statham. Calling up to wish you a Merry Christmas. No, seriously though, guys, Bernie Sticky here. Just wanted to uh, ring up and uh, say Merry Christmas and thank you for another year's worth of fantastic shows. Uh, my week isn't complete without one. I love you. I uh, hope Santa brings you both something nice this year. He brought me Perhaps a jacket. some kind of shaving equipment for a loaf to get rid of that filthy, degenerate, hippie beard you're growing. It's gone. It's gone. Uh, and for Zom, the beard is gone. Perhaps a nice juicy pair of cunt lips to uh, put your Christmas ding-dong in. <laughs> Although I think Kurt Zom's been bad this year. He's not actually on the Christmas episode, is he? So whoever the co-host is... Uh, I hope that maybe you get some cunt lips or perhaps a nice stiff cock. Either way, um, you've actually had the greatest gift of all already. You've uh, you've been co-host on Silver and Gold. It's all downhill after that. <laughs> anyway, uh, Merry Christmas, Silver and Gold. Thanks, seriously, for all the awesome shows you do. You guys are great. Um, and hey to uh, everybody listening. All the uh, people on the Facebook group, Merry Christmas to you, all 12 of you. Um, <laughs> and uh, I guess that's it, really. Onwards and upwards for another year. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, with love from Bernie Sticky. I love you, Bernie Sticky. Uh, so the beard is gone. Um, I didn't announce that. It has been long enough to where I forgot to say it. But um, So what I was kind of hoping for was that my beard would be kind of straight. So that it would kind of like lay down underneath the mustache and be kind of its own separate thing. But what was happening is my beard hair is so curly. It was like the bottom of my face became wider than the top of my head, which made me look even fatter in the face. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I just got rid of it. I, 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 I abruptly shaved it off one night. So I'm back to regular, regular old handlebar mustache. So. There you go. All right, so before we talk about the movies we're watching next week, thank you, everybody, for yeah, yeah, yeah. the feed sack. Um, good. No, good. And that was two weeks' worth. So, And cool, thanks, uh, Rolf, for uh, sending us a new new listener. Well, he's not really a new listener. He's been listening from the beginning, but new feed sack from him. So. Um, we want to announce the winners for the, the hotly contested... Uh, <laughs> 
uh, uh, much participated in karaoke contest. We got, we've, we've been running the contest for about a year and we've got a whopping four entries. So it's going to be a tough one to determine the top three. <laughs> crickets, crickets. So okay. let's, um, let's little, get a little recap here. Let me see if I can find the old, uh, and I was disappointed at, at uh, we didn't get any bad James and we didn't get any, uh, uh, red waffle Paul. Um, so uh, I, I expected more from you guys. So, um, so we'll go to a little, little recap here. We had a, a, an entry from the Bryn. Let's see if I can give a little this sample a here. Karaoke. Na, na, na. Tucks and cheese and sly about London. Na, 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 na. My angels are doctors all and <laughs> So that was the Bryn. We have... Uh, we have, who was this one? Oh, this was, uh, Bernie Stickey's entry. Hey, silver and gold. Here we go. News, whenever she flashed those baby blues, yeah. something had a hold on me when Angel passed close by. Those soft fuzzy sweaters, too magical to touch, to see her in that negligee. All right. Really, we just got, too much. We got Justin. Cinemasticus Justin with a new guys? It's the Cinemat. We'll fast forward a little bit. Uh, her dress kinda straight up. Stick right in. <laughs> oh, I begin chicken. That was a bad place to go. Here we go. Dunes have just been sold. My angel lives a blow up doll. <laughs> angel lives a blow up doll. Nah, 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 Alright. And then we had Sly. Fast forward here. Key to my success. Everyone loves my body, which means I'm never dressed. It's never gold. <laughs> this is the best alone. Rock the body of a 20 year old. Body, body of a 20 year old. It's never gold. <laughs> this is the best alone. I got the body of a 20 year old. All right. Zom. Third place in our. Karaoke contest goes to. I'm gonna let you announce it. Bernie Sticky. Bernie Sticky. Good job, Bernie. Second place. Second place in the karaoke contest goes to. The Cinemasochist, Justin. Yeah. Two silvers in a row for the silver for the silver masochist. And first place, it's coming down to the Bryn or Sly. Who's it going to be? The winner of the centerfold silver and gold karaoke competition Well, is... I would just say that the entry that wins was worth billions of dollars. Nice, nice. Sly Vlaster Stallone. <laughs> Sly, congratulations. Sly. I know you were disappointed in your third place finish last time, but you've come on strong. You sent a video entry. If you guys want to join the Facebook group, you can surely find his entry. His his veins were looking great. He was doing workout and singing and it's push- good stuff. He did he fucking did push ups the entire time that he was singing. That's it was pretty good. fucking uh, pretty It was impressive. Yeah. Good stuff. His face looked very realistic. I was very, I was, it was good stuff. So, um, all you guys uh, will uh, get a little something special from us. 
And hopefully Zom is the one sending it out. Otherwise, you'll never get it. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Um, so, this show's gone on long enough. Let's announce what we're watching next week. We wanted to do a little, some trash. So, um, uh, uh, Large William posted on our group today that um, there's a certain website right now that has a... Uh, uh, a, a, a large selection of films for very, very, very cheap. And uh, one of these films that he saw thought looked good was uh, Craze with Jack Palance from 1974. So we, it's uh, some kind of black magic movie. So we're going to grab it and we're going to watch it and tell you what we think. So we decided also to make a, uh, another, we'll make it a black magic double feature. Now, earlier this year, the gentleman reviewed um, Boxer's Omen. So we were doing the Boxer's Omen prequel um, from Hong Kong, 1981, a movie called Bewitched. And this is one I'd never seen, but the screenshots look pretty fucking nuts. So we're going to do Bewitched or Goo <laughs> next week, along with Craze starring Jack Palance. So should be fun. Um, you can always send us feed sack to 206-339-1600 or silvagoldpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on iTunes and Stitcher and silvaandgold.com and join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash silvaandgold, all spelled out. And I'm on Twitter sometimes, Pickleloaf10. You're on Pickle Twitter too, right? Nah, Dr. Zom? I'm, not on pick, I'm not on Pickle Loaf anymore. You're not on Pickle Loaf I'm not anymore. off Twitter. I, I got on there. It's pointless. I just, I, I don't like Okay. It. Well, I'm on there. I make announcements sometimes, or I talk about what I see when I'm driving to work. I've seen a lot of vultures eating corpses this week, like roadkill. I even saw one, like, lumbering across the street with uh, intestines dangling from his beak. Ooh, God damn. pretty crazy. That's weird. All right, so well, happy holidays, everyone. Yeah, um, I guess when we talk to you again, it will be it will have been the new year. It will have uh, obviously been past Christmas. So I hope everybody had a good one, and um, thank you everybody for a. I mean, it's not really our year anniversary or anything, but thank you everyone for continuing to listen. Um, yes, and, uh, yes. We appreciate the feed sack. We appreciate the support. Yes. The uh, the sometimes participation in the Facebook group. Yes. And the, the what? <laughs> the what? I don't know. I was just making that part up. and um, <laughs> But we love all you guys, uh, friends of the show, and listeners who haven't reached out to us yet. So Cool. Well, hopefully our Christmas holiday episode is nice and long for Shit, you. Shit, I'm telling you what. They got fucking, what, two episodes last week? and Two episodes last week and a three-hour one today. So. Jesus Christ. What the fuck's wrong with us? I don't know. It's 12.30. Cool. Well, we love you guys, and we will see you next time. Until then, this is a loaf. Oot. Um. Oot.